Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark and tonight I am talking with Bernie Ortiz. And in typical fashion lately, we just jumped right into the recording right away and started talking. So I had a really good time getting to know Bernie. Uh, We talk about a lot of like the Hollywood sexual allegations and he tells me what it was like growing up in the rougher parts of Brooklyn as well as what it's like getting arrested in kind of that whole process. I mean, it's a crazy story. So yeah, strap in and I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking with Bernie. How's your night going, man? It's going pretty good. It's uh, yesterday at work was fucking super stressful, and then today was a little bit easier paced, and so, and also yesterday I was so fucking swamped I stayed an hour late, and my brain was just fucking fried, and so then today went a little bit easier, and so I did I got off work like actually feeling okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, today I had to stay an extra hour uh, just. Because I, I do a nonprofit development, so the end of the year, everyone wants to get in their their donations um, for tax purposes and shit. So this whole month has been like catch up trying to like get people's like acknowledgement letters out, and it's it's a headache, man. And these motherfuckers, man, they won't give you an inch, yeah. <laughs> like they like they will not give you an inch. Like I, I had someone like someone made a donation on. January 24th and they were asking where their mailed uh, acknowledgement letter is when they live out in California and it's it's <laughs> only been six days like I can't control how fast the post office goes you know like <laughs> no shit right yeah like people are just weird you know like oh yeah so. well th- that's just I mean it seems like so many people are just they're so oriented on you know maybe it's just the direction they're going the plans that they have in place that i think some people just don't take others into consideration at all against those things or reasonable logic like a letter getting from fucking east coast to west coast (laughs) yeah and it's and first off the united states postal service is garbage like absolute garbage and i've never been if i if if i think each of us when we die has their own individual hell if they go to hell i picture my hell being having to deal with the united states postal service for the rest of my like for eternity <laughs> oh no <laughs> it, it, it's unreal man like it's even the dmv has gotten their shit together right like it, especially in new york city which is i assume like where the worst of each of these organizations would be like the united states postal service and and uh, the DMV, like, because there's so many people and, you know, you kind of understand why people are not going as fast as they can because, you know, it's just insurmountable. But the DMV, you can even make appointments now to go to the DMV in New York. They've gotten their shit together. And the United States Postal Service ha- hasn't. What the fuck? You know, like, with all that competition <laughs> that's out here, uh, UPS and FedEx... And they're still like, well, we don't give a fuck, you know? 
Yeah, so, it is kind of ballsy of them, right? Yeah, I, I think I think they're like they literally are like banking on. All right, well, you still got to come through us to get your passport, you know. So I yeah, think that's the only thing they bank on. Dude, I I went directly to like I think it was the recorder's office when oh, I got really? my passport. Yeah, I didn't even fuck around with the post office. I I have a friend who he'll buy his ticket. All right, and then he'll be like, "Nah, I won't." I, like, I'll just pay the the three hundred fifty or four hundred dollars for the emergency passport service. Like when you go to like the the office, oh, you okay. could get you could get an emergency passport like printed for you right then and there. But it costs like three hundred fifty dollars, so it, it, like it, it never made sense to me. But you know, I guess <laughs> maybe he thinks uh, I'll pay the extra two fifty to not show up to a post office and have to deal with the bullshit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you get it right on the spot there. Yeah. I know my wife and I went and got ours, and we were on vacation, and it, it burned a good half of the vacation day, just hanging out in government offices and yeah. going around, getting different fucking documentation and taking it places and stuff. But mm. well, So, um, I don't, like, it's this is your time, Joe. You you run the show here. Just let me know, man. Like, <laughs> whatever you want to do, man. You You... You are the the captain of this team right now. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. We started off with such good conversation. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna let this roll. <laughs> oh, is it record? Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just jumped in. We were talking about some good stuff there. I'm like, fuck it. I don't. Know. I'll do an intro later. That's <laughs> crazy. It's hit or miss with the episodes <laughs> recently, anyway. Whether I start with an official intro or you know do it in post, so it don't matter to me. You know what's crazy is that when. Uh, when I started listening to your podcast, I'm like, fuck, man. It's like sitting down and being interviewed by someone with such a sexy-ass voice, right? That's like <laughs> you're, you're there and you're just – you're like, fuck, man. I can just talk to this man about everything, you know, like from beginning to end. So I'm like, all right. Like maybe Joe will get around to asking me to be on his podcast. And so now I feel like I made it, right? Like I'm on the start cast. You know, like it's it's – we, I've accomplished almost anything, everything I really wanted to do with the LAP. Now that I'm on your podcast, I, I can retire now <laughs> oh, from being excellent. part of the leftover army. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm happy to have you on here. I mean, I remember listening to uh, that one first podcast you did. Was it uh, podcast no one cares about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I remember listening to that before I ever did Startcast. So really, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dude, man. I remember that episode where you guys did that fucking drinking game where every, where you guys almost died. Joe, if if, <laughs> if 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 you heard our podcast and you didn't say fuck this, I'm not going into podcasting. Like this is so stupid. If you actually after listening to that podcast wanted to podcast, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, man. Because like I, look, I, I love my like my podcast. I I thought it was just like it was a place for me to just say my piece and like i guess with the people I, I i was on the podcast with um it was a place for us to like talk our shit you know like and 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 our opinions definitely shouldn't matter but you know it was where we could throw it on there and whoever wanted to listen to it could listen to it but it's just it's so hard to continue doing like podcasts when like you have to get other people together so much so that it it bothered me so much where I, like I had to try to get everyone to the the other three members of the podcast together. I was just like, ah, you know what? Like, 
let, let's just take a break or whatever. And and we did, and then I got two other people to come on to do it, and then it's the same issue with them. So, like, I I, I haven't done it in a while. I definitely want to get back into it. Um, but I, I, I'm enjoying, you know, doing the, the his and her and listening to you guys, uh, the the Starcast, uh, Jordan's podcast, uh, Supercast, um, uh, Stevens podcast, which <clears throat> thankfully, like I I learned my lesson there because I, I never really, like I said, I never use like I never use Skype for podcasts. Oh yeah. So, so on Stevens podcast, I was like, oh, I just use Skype on my phone. But I was getting so many notifications from like Facebook and Google Hangouts that my phone was vibrating. The entire time during the podcast. <laughs> oh no! And, and, yeah, you know what? It, and and I had never done a podcast with Brian, right? So Brian had wasn't scared. Like I, I didn't know Brian was supposed to be on it. He popped up, and I'm like, "Fuck, great!" Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be like a deer in headlights because you know, like, I, <laughs> I, like this is someone that I'm like, damn man, like he's such a great podcaster. Um, that. I was like, "Fuck!" And I I felt like a deer in headlights when I did that podcast, and it didn't help. That my fucking phone was vibrating, you know, like <laughs> that's funny. You know? Yeah. So. Oh no, I totally know what you mean, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm 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 at the bottom of the barrel with the beer I'm drinking. <laughs> I had this one big can. I don't know. Have you ever had Fosters? Uh, no, I've seen it, and like I remember the commercials and stuff like that, but I've never yeah, actually tried it. Fosters, Australian for beer. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I had it in the fridge hanging out, right? And I'm like, I, I had like, I normally keep like a bottle of like vodka in the freezer or whatever, just because of, of all the alcohols, vodka is like the one I would say that I I kind of enjoy. Like I don't enjoy like if anyone tells you like they love the taste of alcohol, they got a problem. Alcohol doesn't inherently taste good unless it's like amaretto and stuff like that. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> right, but like you know, vodka is like I'll, oh, I'll. I'll if, if it has a different texture when you put it in the freezer and you take it out and pour yourself like a shot or make it with a drink, it, it, it comes out a bit. It, it it changes the taste, too. Yeah, so, it, it almost feels a little smoother and a little bit thicker. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I didn't like I had the last bottle of vodka I had. I took to um, a friend's house and yeah, I never got around to to buying another one to throw in there. Um but today I'm like, fuck, man, maybe I should have a beer with, with, when I talk with Joe. And, but I, I forgot to pick up a decent beer, right? Or a decent <laughs> six-pack. So I'm like, fuck, what do I have in the fridge? And then I saw the faucets. I'm like, fuck it, man. It, it sounds like the beer to have, you know? Like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what sort of beer would you have uh, probably gotten otherwise? You know, like, I've never liked IPAs um, or, like, bitter, strong alcohol by volume beer like the high percentages uh-huh. I've, I've never liked them um but so if I, I were to pick up a six-pack it'd be something like uh heineken lights or corona lights or uh pacificos or valencia's um light lagers um yeah i i i, I maybe there's a there's a, a there's only one like I guess specialty brewery beer that I've had it and the first six pack I bought of it was uh, it was called Raging Bitch it's from Flying Dog. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, so the and I bought it, I was like, what the fuck is this beer? I'm like raging bitch, so I grab it. <laughs> And uh, and I didn't even read the packaging. I was like, oh, you know, like I, I'm just you know experimenting here. And it was an IPA, and I ended up finishing the six pack because I bought it. Um, not the not in one sitting. I I, I killed the six pack though. Um, <laughs> yeah, IPAs I, are an acquired taste, dude. They're yeah. they're something else. I, I I some people only do IPAs. Like I have friends that that only do IPAs, but I, I that's just not like you know, it's too hoppy. It's like how is how, how I guess our flavor palettes are different, but I just I could never do like more than one IPA. And the only reason I would have that IPA is because some idiot must have bought me a shot of tequila and I have to chase tequila with something. Or I, I have to chase every shot with something, but especially tequila. I'll be like, I need a beer, any beer. I don't give a fuck because I'd rather taste that than whatever than the regret of tequila <laughs> dude i know tequila regret uh, <laughs> i've been dude, there like every time someone is like come i bought you a shot of tequila i was like oh you mean you bought me a shot of regret there's no <laughs> alcohol that that the next morning if you've had too much of it kills you more than tequila none and they say that tequila is like an upper Right, like as opposed to the other alcohols, like whiskey, vodka, like tequila is supposed to give you more energy as you drink it. I don't know the science behind it. This is what I've been told by my Mexican friends. So whatever, <laughs> you know, take that with a grain of salt, right? Um, but it, you know, like I'll have it with them. But I definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll stop them in their fucking tracks. I'll be like, listen, uh, either from now on, you pour me house whiskey or chilled vodka i don't care about anything else you guys could drink the whole bottle of tequila for all i care but i'm not having a single fucking ounce more of that tequila i can't man yeah i've just never been able to drink much for hard alcohol it's it's like the the times that i did and i got way too carried away with it just violently heaved my guts you know um, they were just they were strong lessons for me. But recently, I've been thinking that I probably should switch over to just vodka with like some sort of like light juice or something like that. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've talked about ad nauseum on the show that I drink strawberries <laughs> lately, and they got to be just shitload of calories. The 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 Bud Light ones. The, yeah, uh, there was someone they released the the. The top, I think, ten selling beers in the United States, and I think one through five are the chain beers, right? Like Bud Lights, uh, Budweisers, Coors Lights, the the you know Miller, yeah, like Bush Light the, stuff, like yeah, that. the usual suspects, man. And I'm just like, you would think that the the smaller breweries would be making a dent, but I mean, nah, man. Anheuser Busch has that shit on lockdown, man. Oh yeah, the majority of the people I know in Iowa here, I mean, they mostly drink like what you're saying there, you know, Bud Light or Bush Light or it always seems like it's a light beer. And I think that was the reason that I was never able to get into drinking when I was younger is because I do not fucking like the taste of that shit. Like you, it is gross. <laughs> so in, uh, in bars over here, cause New York is now gentrified. I don't know if, if you knew that, but it's, uh, the hipsters have come and changed the fucking neighborhoods completely, <laughs> right? So when 
when they they first started opening opening up bars and restaurants, they um they started offering this thing that had never been offered in the neighborhood, right? In any bar. First off, the bars in the neighborhood, you you had to be pretty brave to go to a bar in the neighborhood. It, it wasn't like custom, like that wouldn't be a weekend thing or an after work thing. Like bars in the neighborhood were bad. Like every negative connotation of a bar would be a bar in like my neighborhood of Bushwick or Williamsburg or Bedside, like and all of it. Wrap it up together, put it in like a stereotype of a bad bar, and that's what you had, right? Um, but now when they started coming, like opening up different bars and new bars. They started offering what was called, uh, and, and I guess in Philly they call it a citywide. Do you guys have that in Iowa? No, I don't th- know if I've ever heard of that before. Okay. Well, I, we started calling, the people from the neighborhood started calling it the hipster special, right? <laughs> so, what in essence, what it is is any cheap off-brand beer, mostly PBRs or uh, Miller High Life or whatever the fuck, uh, Jenny... Yeah, those um, weird older beers that were like popular in the seventies. Yeah, a can of that and a shot of house alcohol, and they would normally run about five or six bucks, right? And every bar offers a variation of this drink now. So, me being exposed to this at like at, at when all of this started happening, I thought, "Fuck, this is a bargain." There's a, there's a there's a bar by me called Gotham City Lounge. Now, this bar has been open for years, but it, it's it was right under the train tracks in in again in the in, in my neighborhood, which is really sketchy. Um, and I never went in, and I, I never understood why I didn't go in because it looked dingy, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess like to me, it's like you never want to walk into a place that looks like that. But they, in that, I, I'm gonna take a picture for you and I'll send it to you. It, they, there's literally a Superman popping out of the side of the wall of this bar, right? Um, inside, when you walk in, it's like a fanboy exploded, right? Like there's comic books everywhere. There's memorabilia hanging off the ceiling uh, around the bar. They have one game and it's X Men versus Capcom. Um, wow. Yeah, like and they have a pool table, and I, I would have never known this until like the the resurgence of like you know businesses coming around, making me feel a bit safer to go into this establishment. And had I not went in, I would have never known that a teacher that worked in in worked in the school that I went to back in junior high school owned the bar. So. It, it's just weird. It's weird how the neighborhood has changed, but it's it, you know it's pretty cool. Like to to me, like that, all of this has like brought, I guess, light to old businesses like that. But it's also you know I also see the negative part of it, like taking people out of like uh, the neighborhood, making rent prices ridiculously unaffordable. Um, so it's yeah. it's a, a bit of give and take, you know. So is that more or less like kind of the same neighborhood that you've been in your whole life? Yeah, I've been here my entire life. So 33 years. <laughs> so what was it like when you were a kid versus I mean you're saying that it's a little bit better today like what was it like growing up in a neighborhood like that then? Um I mean it, like our our like 
the, my friends that have lived in the neighborhood and I have the saying that uh, it's if you've never been mugged, then you're not really from the neighborhood, right? Um, oh shit! Yeah, it was that type of neighborhood, you know. Like people, I, you know, people have gotten shot in parks by me. Um, we know the dif- we know the difference between a firework going off and a gunshot, you know. Like that's it. We grew up in this, you know. Like we grew up in the neighborhood. Um, there were certain, you know, streets you never wanted to go down. Um, and and that's that I literally live two blocks from a police station, and that police station has always been there, you know. Um, and it's 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 weird, you know. It, it was a really bad neighborhood, and 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you couldn't pay people to live here, you know. And then the because in New York City, to get to Manhattan, the you it's it's best to live by a train. Before, no one wanted to live by trains because, like, if we have above-ground trains and they go through neighborhoods, so you would hear the train in the middle of the night pass right by your window. Um, now, those apartments will go for about $2,500 a month Holy because they're so close. Yeah, they're so close to the train that you just wake up, get ready, hop on the train and go. But no one had that attitude before because very few people either, A, didn't work in, in Manhattan or B, didn't want to live in the bad neighborhood, the, the, the ghetto, you know? But when we started getting an influx of transplants from different cities and states that I guess couldn't afford the $3,000 rent of living in Manhattan, they started moving towards Williamsburg, which is like, Manhattan is right up, it's it's like one stop away from Brooklyn, like literally a, a two and a half minute train ride will get you into Manhattan. Um, so people started thinking like, if I could live there, pay six hundred, seven hundred dollars a month, and still like get paid what I'm getting paid for working in New York City in Manhattan, then you know we'll we'll move out. And with that developers started seeing, well, maybe if we start revitalizing the neighborhood or like buying out homes that are in in, in perhaps foreclosure or um, being short sailed, then we can, you know, build bigger complexes and charge a bit higher and so on and so forth. So with that came a bigger police presence um, because if you have more people of who who are willing to spend more money and there's more money in that neighborhood. You want to make sure that these people are safe. So crime started going down. People started getting pushed from Williamsburg into my neighborhood, which is Bushwick. It was only a matter of time before then people started not being able to afford living in Williamsburg that they moved into Bushwick. And but but the developers and the homeowners were always ahead of the ahead of the game because they thought they knew that, OK, if they're not going to live in Williamsburg, then they're going to move to the next neighborhood over, which is Bushwick or Bed-Stuy. So it was always, you know, it's 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 it was pretty quick in a matter of 15 years. Like this is one of the the it neighborhoods. You know, if you Google like where most artists and and and. Um, culture is in Brooklyn. It's either Williamsburg or Bushwick, and it, it, it's it's great for me because I'm able to 
to go out and enjoy living in the neighborhood and not having to worry about, all right, I'm getting home at three in the morning. I'm not going to get mugged, you know, or yeah. like I don't, you know, but I, I still have a, I still have that part of me, which is like, if, if, if I hear anyone walking behind me, I always like either a turn around or keep them in my peripheral vision or like, I'll wait till they pass me and then keep like walking. It's, it's just something I've noticed, especially as of late. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's part of like having lived this way. Well, and, yeah. I mean, that's 33 years in that neighborhood, right? I mean, that's yeah. just ingrained. Yeah, man. Don't be a victim. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and I always have a different perspective from people. Like in the neighborhood now, it's it's really more the people who have come in that are, that try to keep part of the culture and like preserve part of the, the neighborhood more so than the people who already lived here, right? Like I remember when someone tagged up or, or, or wrote graffiti on your wall, you're upset because you're mad that these people like destroyed your property. Now it's it's like people are being paid to make murals and, and tag up and and do all these things on walls and it, it's just a different attitude. Like it, that's it's just that's gotta be a weird shift though. Yeah, it, it like I know if I owned a home and someone tagged up on my shit, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I, like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care who you are. I don't want your name on my property. Um, but some people will say like you know, like that's art, and to me, it's like that's fine. I, I respect your opinion, but that doesn't mean that I have to fucking accept it. Yeah, you know, well, and 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 that I have to live by it. <laughs> the the most amount of graffiti I usually see is on freight cars. And so if I'm waiting in like a railroad crossing, I'll critique all the graffiti that's going by on the train cars. <laughs> like, and I, I've seen some that are really freaking impressive and others where it's like, hmm, needs work. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some that like go out of their way and, and maybe they'll make a mural or maybe they, it'll actually look pleasant, right? And then there are some people that just sign their fucking names on shit. Like, like if, if I got to look at your shit, Give me something pleasant to look at, you know, yeah. like paint something, show that you have some type of fucking talent other yeah. than signing your name. Guess what? You will <laughs> score a couple of points on the SATs for that shit, but you ain't doing much, you know, and it, it's just like, I, like, I don't know. Again, I'm from a different era and that's what gets me in trouble a lot with, I guess, uh, with, with my take on certain, certain like, uh, issues nowadays, like the, like uh the me too and the 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 i don't want to say women's rights because i I think women should definitely uh be looked at as equal as men but i have a different perspective of like well i don't think this is so wrong and then i get killed and then that's when rebecca's like well first off and then i die (laughs) (laughs) No, I've really been enjoying listening to the His and Her Perspective podcast. Um, it's really it's really cool to hear a discussion on that sort of stuff because they are things that should be discussed. And, you know, uh, the, the certain stuff that's come to light, like especially with like Harvey Weinstein and stuff like that and the, the culture in Hollywood and it's it is fairly horrible what sort of conditions have been getting been placed on women especially in that sort of industry for a long time. And, you know, with me just, you know, I don't, I, I believe in fair play for everyone. And so the, the idea of somebody getting treated unfairly or, you know, like 
and actually like harassed or abused in that sort of way, you know, that that's like fucking horrifying to me. But at the same time, it's one of those things to where if I don't, if I don't deal with it, I don't think about it that much. And so therefore I don't have much of an opinion. And so it's, it's good to hear that show because it makes me think about things that I'm not generally thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I love that you have an opinion on it, dude, because I mean, that makes the show. I mean, it, it makes it very interesting discussion. My, and, and thank you for that. And, you know, I, I do enjoy like doing the show. Um, I enjoy listening to Rebecca and Brooks and now Hanan and, uh, you know, wh- whoever cares to join. It's open to anyone who wants to, you know, be part of it. I don't, you know, I, I, I even, I, I want to go out, like I, I've said it to Rebecca. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't want this to be looked at as my podcast because it definitely shouldn't be my podcast. Anyone, any group of people that want to get in and, and say their piece should, because it's a matter of, it's not just. I'm not the only his and Rebecca and Brooke and Hanan are not the only hers, you know, like, so they, you know, everyone is a should, should, and, and is open to give their opinion on things. I like the, I, I guess we've, I, I've held off on doing another episode simply because I didn't want to do another fucking take on another fucker getting accused of sexual assault. Not that I feel that it's not important. I think that these that these pigs should be put out there. But I just like it's just so you ever you ever get tired of so much negative fucking news? Oh yeah, like you know, like and it's like it's fucker after fucker after fucker after fucker getting put in these situations, and all I could think about is if they would have followed the one rule everything would have been fine, which is don't shit where you eat, man. Like just, if, if you, you're famous, go out, meet a girl, do your thing. You don't have to like use your influence or power to get what you want. You're, you're almost given what you want from your, your, your fame, your, your notoriety. And yet you use this because I guess maybe you don't, it's like, Oh, I can't have that. So I have to try to get it, you know, and that's my thought on it is that it almost becomes a compulsion where it, it, it is more about power than like, than a sexual lust situation. Yeah. You know, that it's like, especially with the Harvey Weinstein one that with, uh, I mean, that guy had to have owned (laughs) mirrors. I mean, he had to know what the fuck he looked like and and then push himself onto women in such a grotesque manner on top of that. You know, it's, it's, it's so fucking horrific and but i mean we're i i feel like that's almost like the worst case of it and then we've like seen varying degrees of it like i mean what was the kevin spacey one that that like he just like grabbed some dude's dick or something like that yeah like he like 40 years ago i believe he or like 20 i forgot the the number it was definitely a long time ago um there was at a party there was a 13 year old or 14 year old kid there. And while Kevin Spacey was apparently drunk, he, uh, he made a pass at him or I think he, he grabbed them inappropriately. Um, and then this came to light 20 years later, which I mean, the problem is that Spacey didn't deny it. It's almost like he said, well, if I was drunk, then, you know, like, I'm sorry, I didn't know what I was doing, which, and I'm going to sound like an asshole here. Right. Like, 
not that I've done so because I'm not like a touchy drunk. Like I, I I'm, I, I'm a very, uh, what's the phrase? I'm a functioning drunk, right? I'm a functioning alcoholic. Not mm-hmm. that I'm an alcoholic, but I like when I'm I'm drunk or I'm tipsy. Like I I don't get angry. I don't get sad. I don't start crying. Um, you don't do the drunk Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing that some people nah, do. Absolutely not. Like I, for the most part, I I do the Irish goodbye. I will just leave and get in the cab and go home. Um, <laughs> Irish goodbye. I like that. Um, but like. I, I've seen friends of mine, like, when they get drunk, and I'm not saying it's right, but when they get drunk and, like, there's a girl around, like, they might become more comfortable trying to, like, put their hands on the small of their back or, like, you know. So, again, I'm not saying it's right, but I, I it's happened, right? I, and 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 granted, like, we didn't know, like, I, I had no idea Kevin Spacey was gay. And, I like, that wasn't, you know, something that I even cared about. Um, like it, he is who he is, you know, like that's his personal life. Do you think it's kind of weird that it took a allegation like that to where it came out? Because on the one hand, it almost felt like a spin. Yeah. And I'm sure someone told him to say it, you know? Um, but regard, I mean, like, I, again, that's another misstep, right? Like if we're looking at this piece by piece, like one, he was drunk 40 years ago. There was a 14 year old kid there. That's wrong. Like, if we're black and whiting it, a hundred, like a hundred percent of decent people will tell you it's wrong. I, I will tell you it's wrong if we're straight black and white. But if you start like thinking, all right, well, he was drunk. Now, again, he. I'm not saying. I'm not defending it. But if he was drunk, then and it, and and from what I know. I I don't know if anything else has come out. It's never happened again. Then I I think maybe things need to be like looked into a bit more. Yeah. Um, No, I agree with that too. That's kind of like the George Takei thing where someone was like, Oh, 30 years ago he did this. And it's like, dude, that's fucking 30 years ago. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't excuse the fact that it happened, but it's like, why, why are you bringing it up when it's just one instance? I mean, it's different with like you know all the allegations against bill cosby and shit where women were bringing up stuff because i mean then it's like all right now there's a piling amount (laughs) this growing amount of people that are saying it so it's like then it makes sense to bring shit up that happened a long time ago yeah and and it's 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 a pattern of of behavior you know like and and you know like i've done stupid shit when i'm drunk you know like shit that i look looking back at in my 20s i'm like fuck man like thank god I never got stopped by the cops when I was doing this, you know? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, it, you, you you do stupid shit. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not defending it. I think that shit is grotesque. I know me, I've never done that. But, you know, like, you, you, you I, I think we, we fall into a problem as a society when it's, it's even wrong for us to ask questions, right? Like for us to, to 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 give our take on on things, right? Like look at the 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 Aziz Ansari shit, right? Um, I like and and we we like it was brought up to do a, a his and her perspective on this, right? But I, just, I I like I I can't fathom anyone having it like it, it and and I I literally said this on Facebook because uh, a friend of mine put up a, a discussion, right, on the topic. I can't fathom. 
like like I, this this to me was not Harvey Weinstein. This was the, if, the furthest thing from it, you know. And and I go back to like you know at a certain point I have to stop being afraid to to say my piece and and be who I am. Yeah, right? no, I I know what you mean because. And I kind of know what direction you're going with the Aziz one is that the Aziz one didn't, it it more seemed like it was a a, a date that just kind of went awkward. But from what I could tell from the the reading that I did on it, it wasn't him forcing himself on anybody or anything like that. It was more, it almost seemed like this, the evening didn't go the way that the gal thought it would or something like that. And then she basically just wrote, got with some author and wrote some, basically like a description of how a date went. And it was like, well, I didn't really see anything in that that looked like it was sexual assault. It it more looks like you're just kind of dragging this guy through the mud or so. But I mean, I wasn't there, so I don't know. See, what do you think? Like I, the way I have the discussion with friends of mine or people I grew up with or people, I guess I have to say, I don't want to say they have the same background, but like grew up in, in my neighborhood or like in, in, in the society I grew up in, like the conversation is different. Whereas like, um, you told the story and then your response is like, the response is like, well, if she didn't want to have sex with him, why did she go back to his apartment? Right. And, and, Everyone that I speak to from like that are friends of mine from my say the same thing. Like, how do you hundred percent guarantee that you're not that you don't have sex with this guy? Right? You say goodnight, you go home after that, especially if you know that you don't want to have sex with him. Um and then when you're over there and let's say you you know you you you're uncomfortable, then leave. You know, and, and everyone I like it's it's as simple as having the conversation with the people. I'm friends with, but when I, and I approach like, like different people from like different backgrounds and I guess different ethnicities, it's, it's a different conversation. And it's more of like, I'll start off by just asking the question, like, uh, but wouldn't this all have been avoided if she didn't go back to his apartment? And then I proceed to get fucking destroyed and called a fucking, uh, sexist and, you, actually, let me read you a response that someone said to me in my friend in, in my friend's Facebook post, right? Sure. She wrote, this thread fucking sucks and makes me hate men even more than I already do, which is a lot. I don't have the energy to respond to all the rape apologists garbage in here. But and she says two people, but Samantha and Colin are right. And everyone else is talking like they they're actually. They're actual rapists, to be honest. Why do men compulsively believe they're owed sex? Why? Women don't owe you shit. We are human beings. Oh, she went to his apartment, so naturally she wants his dick in her? What in the fresh hell is wrong with you, right? I just asked, what, like, why she went back to his apartment, right? Like, I, I, I don't, I, and I'm not, like, and, and that's a different topic, right? So if she goes back to his apartment, and then he, like, forces himself on top of her cut his dick off you get me like castrate this motherfucker he's the most disgusting type of person there is but he didn't he this woman is not someone that he has direct influence over right he 
he she doesn't work for him not like he he has no control over her she can very easily decide to say hey good night i'm going home it was a great dinner um and from the story that's told she she makes a note to say that he was rushing to get the check to go back to his apartment so if you're able to notice that why why not just all right I, I don't want to do this. I don't want the night to go down that road. Why are we going, you know, why are we going back to your apartment? Or I don't want to go back to your apartment. Or let's take a walk or anything else. But you went back to his apartment. And then down the road, Bernie goes to victim blaming, apparently, right? Because, you know, like, it, it's because I asked the question. You know, I because in my mind and people I grew up around and people that, like, I guess share the same mentality as me. Not men, because I like I, I know I'm not the, like I'm not stupid enough to ask men about what what how a woman should feel. I'm asking women I grew up around, and they're you know like they 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 all say the same thing. You don't go back to his house if you don't want to have sex with him, and if you're in his house and he acts a certain way, you leave. But you don't proceed to give each other oral, and then the next day say. Oh, I had a horrible time. You didn't pick up on my nonverbal cues. Yeah, that was the part that blew my mind. Was the it was like okay, they go down on each other or whatever, and then there's regrets the next day. It's like, well, why does that have to write an article? I mean, it'd be different if it was like okay, yeah, he, he forced himself on me. Then that's an entirely different story. But yeah, I I don't know. It's it's weird in the in those sorts of like. Those weird uncertainties when it's two people that don't really know each other. Maybe there's a little bit of an attraction there and they're rushing into a physical relationship before they're actually there in their minds and everything. You're, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're, you're pushing yourself towards this intimacy that, that isn't, you haven't really earned yet. But right. But then we're asking people to not just treat sex as a, a quick, like, whatever. Like, it, it, we've gotten to the point where slut-shaming is completely out of... Like, most people are against slut-shaming, right? Oh, I don't even like the term slut-shaming. But slut-shaming is, is, to me, at least the from what I'm around, gone, right? You're, like... To me, men and women are treated like... If, if you want to go have sex, you have sexual freedom to do whatever you want. Right. We've gotten there. But now, like, it's Aziz's fault that he didn't, like, take tender, loving care to this woman when, like, in his mind, I assume it's, it's just like, all right, well, she's back at my place and I want to get laid. You know, like, I'm going to try to get laid. Like, are we trying to get into people's, like, into people's bedroom now and, and, and say that he should have treated her this way? Um sexually like he should have laid out roses and you know given her massage and and like get, got her gotten well, her in the mood and, and that's the issue right there with rushing into an intimate situation is because you're you're going into like um unfamiliar territory with some or you know you're going into territory with somebody that you're unfamiliar with yeah. and so there, there shouldn't be an expectation of oh they're gonna treat me this one certain way and it's like well you're you're rushing into this situation in the first place. And I'm not, I'm not blaming Aziz. I'm not blaming the girl. Um, 
at the end of the day, I don't think it was right that that girl had that article written because from everything I could tell, it didn't seem like Aziz really did anything wrong there, but I, I wasn't there. So, I mean, you know, I'm not like an authority (laughs) on this or anything. I'm just stating the, you know, my opinions based off of what I've read. So the, like a lot of people, especially like right after the art, it was written on babe. Right. So soon after the article was written, a New York times opinion piece came out from a woman who bad, completely bashed the article and said that it was irresponsible journalism. Um, and then there was a reporter and for the life of me, I like, I maybe if I had some sense of responsibility, I, w- I would have like written her name down, but she came out and she did a public, like an, an on air letter to the, to the author and, and to grace, which is the, the name of the woman that, uh, that is accusing Aziz of, of these things. Um, and she said, like, you know, in essence, what you're doing is setting the movement back, you know, and, and that the, the journal, like the, 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 the journalism, the, the take on it was irresponsible. You know, like you, most people, like you, if you listen to some, to a lot of the reporters, they, they would tell you that they would have never uh, published that piece. But she goes on to, to, to give her side of things, you know, and, 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 on, and speaks honestly. And then that the the writer of the article responds to her, and she says in the most cattiest of fashion, and I hate using that word, right? But she says, um, it, I think to something to the extent, it doesn't matter what this cheap lipstick, big haired woman thinks about, right? And it's like you lo- you've lost all all ground there because you're you're instead of retorting her with facts you're attacking her because of her appearance you know and and what like what like why like what's your goal because someone didn't like what you what you wrote because someone criticized what you wrote because you didn't get the response that you wanted you're gonna attack someone in the worst manner as a woman to woman like over how she looks come on man like it, it the whole what what gets me is that this man's life is now like up in the air. Like, you know, Netflix is investigating because Netflix is quick to like cut ties. Like they canceled fucking um, House of Cards right oh, yeah. as soon as that that Kevin Spacey shit came out. Uh, fucking, they kicked. Uh, they wrote off uh, uh, Danny Masterson off the ranch as soon as the the. Like not new allegations, but like as soon as it was brought up that Danny Masterson was involved in rape uh, cases, and as soon as everyone started like bring this up, they roll him off. Netflix doesn't fucking play, and you know what's gonna happen? Aziz is gonna lose Masters of None because he he went on a date with this girl, and maybe the fucking sex sucked. Maybe you know he pushed a, a little too hard because he wanted to get laid, and I'm not saying that that's right, but like you have every, you you have every option to. To walk out now. If I was Aziz, I'm gonna be honest. I like if if I pushed up on her or I made a move rather. I pushed up is like uh, to get over term, I guess to to like try to use. But if I made a move on this girl <laughs> to have sex, and and you know she wasn't reciprocating, and that's all I had in mind, I would have told her to get the fuck out. Like, you know, like clearly we're not on the same page. I think you should leave because you know 
my intention. I, I, I want something to happen, and it's clearly not going to. And I told, I said this in that Facebook page, and uh, they said, yeah, it would. He, it would look better for him if he kicked her out her his apartment. And I'm like, I just can't. Fa- I can't. I can't. Like I, like I, I don't understand what what the issue is here. Like because it it kind of seemed that Aziz kind of liked this girl because the next morning he hit, he he was the one that messaged her and he told her i think um hey i got the role the camera role developed um how's your day going you know it was nice meeting you and she that that's when she hits him with the entire you know text message that she sent him about him not picking up on her nonverbal cues how she didn't have a good time and i'm just like like once I saw that text message, I'm like, he's being set up. Like she's writing this to show to people, and I think he handled it well. He said, "Listen, I apologize. I didn't think that you had that. I, I I didn't pick up on that. You know, I'm sorry you had a bad time. I, I, I and I don't know, man. I like I, I I don't know. I don't know if Aziz is just that much of a sociopath that he's writing this while being sinister while she was there." Or if he legitimately thought that he that the night went well and and you know things proceeded and you know he wanted to see her again, I don't I don't know like, and that's why it, it makes me scared to be a man now, Joe. <laughs> it makes me scared to be a man. <laughs> no, I I I I get what you're saying, and it, it does make the the morning after text does make that thing really weird. And it it does make it seem more like he was being genuine and he just didn't pick up on what was going on. And, you know, that that's also one of those things where sometimes guys don't always pick up on nonverbal clues and shit like that. I think that's one of those traits that that women are much better at. I noticed that just between me and my wife (laughs) where like I'll say something and like she'll take it the different way. And it's it's because of like the the tone of voice I had when I said it or the look that was on my face. And I always have to kind of try and defend myself and be like, I don't always think about that sort of shit. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just talk, and and you know, it's like I'm I'm not like I'm a very much like a what you see is what you get kind of person, and so it's easy for me to assume that other people will be like that also, and so sometimes that that taints my judgment on on social interactions, and that's one of the things that goes into me being socially awkward at times like especially like with groups of people that i don't really know that well like i'll tend to close off and get real quiet just because it's easier than for me to make an ass of myself in some colossal way but um the it seems like right now with the um, it's like i'm trying to think of the right way to describe this but like with it's like really kind of like a growing like kind of women's power women's like empowerment movement right now right where they're kind of like in a lot of ways these you know kind of chains are getting tossed off of them and there's stuff coming to light that you know it might have been dimly shined on before in the past and now there's a big blinding light on it and so it's it's much easier to get shouted down when you have a different opinion like 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 yours you know or and if it's not even like a completely different opinion, like, cause a lot of yours are more, you are right in, in the way that you are looking at it. But as soon as you look at that point of view from slightly other angles and try and apply that opinion that you have to something else, then it seems like you're in the wrong. But 
but I kind of know where you're coming from on a lot of these uh, his and her perspective shows is because you were looking at it specifically on one little facet of it. And it was kind of like with the people calling you out and saying, you know, rape apologist and bullshit like that. And, and I'm not saying bullshit. I'm not saying bullshit when they're calling it at you because, you know, I, I've heard enough of you talking and, and read enough of your posts and stuff. I got a pretty good idea where you're coming from. And I don't think that you're some fucking shitty, shady dude like that. Well, and so it's it's like, come on, don't don't fucking say he's being a rape apologist just because. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting lost in the details. No, right no, no, you, I, no. I know he's like in in that post, right? Someone else, another woman wrote, because um, I had said like, I don't, I don't know, but maybe it's just me. You know, maybe I like I, I feel as if when I speak to, to you know, same thing I told you. I, I talk to different people that I, and then someone wrote that's some 20th century shit, right? <laughs> right oh she said rather that's some 20th century bullshit right and i'm like i i believe i lived a lot of my life in the 20th century like like we're we're just now in the 21st century you know like but i i was born in 84 you know like and yeah maybe it was some 20th century shit but it's still my shit this is how i grew up you know like i i I I grew up and let, let me tell you, man. You lucked out, Joe. You're married. Congrats, man. Like, you have nothing to worry about. Like, all of this is over for you. Like, you you found someone. But dating, like, I, I like. There's some things I just I like. I, I I'm just I'm I'm at a loss for words for. Like, I'll give you an example. The his and her perspective with uh ah. Captain Marvel, what's her name? Brie Larson. Yes. Right? Okay. About uh, the story about how she <laughs> the TSA story. The TSA story, right? Like, I, for a moment, I, 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 I doubted how how much I really wasn't a sexist, right? Like, I, 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 like if I continue until like I think Dan stepped in and said what men can approach women and ask them out like what's the problem because it seemed like the responses from women especially in the left of arm as well was that they're tired of being approached by men or hit on by men right and i'm just like but i don't i don't see the problem i I can't go and ask a girl to buy her a drink or ask her on a date like what's the problem like i I, I think i I remember that discussion and that was pretty good (laughs) but so so my take on that is that it's okay to approach a woman and you know maybe give her your number or you know whatever it may be but it's one of those things that you need to be really sure that you're reading the nonverbal cues right. And that's what a lot of this will come back to is trying to read those nonverbal cues and decipher and decipher it. (laughs) Because like, like what Rebecca was saying in that podcast where if she's got her sunglasses on and her headphones on and she's walking down the street, that is not the time to come up and ask her for her number. But but if I was Chris Evans, she'd fucking stop. Right. Like, well, but that would be different then because she would be showing nonverbal cues like well honestly if rebecca was seeing chris evans you'd see her eyeballs turn into hearts exactly <laughs> like a cartoon and, character and this poor tsa <laughs> agent right brie larson smiled at him like 
what the fuck? I'm like, like, okay. Number one, that dude was in the wrong because he was on the clock and, and, and that, you shouldn't, I don't, I don't fucking care. You shouldn't do that shit on the clock because I mean, that's one of those things to where it's like, okay, your job is in that sort of situation, like very customer based. And if you're going to make a customer feel uncomfortable, that's an easy way to lose your job. And so, absolutely. I yeah. completely agree with you, Joe. I agreed with them in the podcast too. I was like, yes, he <laughs> acted unprofessionally. You did get beat up in that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I, what was my response? If Gagadol walked past me, past TSA, and she fucking smiled at me, Fuck this job, yo! I'm taking like I'm gonna go and I, I'm I, I've read a nonverbal cue right there. That smile is a nonverbal cue, and I'm going and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask her out. And you know what? I think Gagado is the type of classy lady that wouldn't fucking bash me on Twitter, right? <laughs> Brie Larson, apparently, like you, like I don't know, right? I, I imagine that she just had a fucking day. Like, she just... That's what I was just going to say. Like, have yeah. you ever walked out of the airport being like, fuck, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she must have She must have just had a day. And, and you know what? The one that took, the one that got him in the teeth was that TSA agent. And she blasted him on Twitter. And you know what? That's fine. We all have those moments, right? But upon further reflection, after you, you know, move forward and you go on with your day and you're like, fuck, you know, maybe I shouldn't have fucking destroyed this young man's fucking online presence, maybe I should go back and say, you know what? Like, I overreacted. You know, it's fine. But no. And, and, and then I get it, right? He's a TSA agent. Yeah. And Had that he, made it doubly wrong. I mean, that's yeah, beyond the workplace. But, you know, that's a fucking agent. What, I mean, t- come on. I, I know. I know, but still. Agents that, <laughs> but, like, I'm shocked that they're still employed. But... <laughs> Like, I know <laughs> they need to like just have like a math test. It's it, like like hey, I want to apply for this job. But can you pass this math test? Oh fuck! It, it kind of <laughs> makes me question. Like I have to be my own fucking security guard because I don't trust these motherfuckers working the, the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but I know like 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 had he had he prevented her from moving forward or like he'd been like like no no you can't go you you can't move forward unless you give me a number. Like, then, no, fuck you, bro. Like, you, you fucked up. Like, don't ever, like, abuse your power like that. But he, he just asked. He, he asked for her number, I think it was, right? Like, or he asked her out or some shit like that. Something I don't like know. I can't, I, I, to me, it wasn't that egregious, right? It wasn't. We, we have a saying uh, in Spanish. It's called no patanto, right? It wasn't for all that. You know, like, it wasn't for her to go on Twitter and completely bash him. You know, and she got the response that she got, right? Some of us feel that, it, you know, it, it was an overreaction. Some of us feel that, you know, she was right in saying that. That's fine. I respect that. But, like, don't, like, don't tell me it's, like, if you're not catcalling, if you're not, like, grabbing a girl, if you're not, like, preventing her from moving on with her day, if you go and approach her, right, and you ask her, like on a date or you ask her to buy her a drink and you're not being disrespectful, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's almost to me at a certain point where some, like, and I'm not saying uh, Rebecca or, or Brooke or anyone like that, but some women will, are just like, I don't want to be bothered by men at all. Like, I don't even want them fucking attracted to me anymore. Like, I don't, fuck men. Like, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. And I feel like I'm living in that world, man. Like, it really is just like, fuck, you know, like, 
maybe I should have gotten married 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'd say if a, if a woman really feels that way about men, then, I mean, she sh- that that should be an easy nonverbal signal to read, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but like, it, that, that's fine, like, that you feel that way, right? But don't make men the enemy for, like, being attracted to you. Yeah, you know, like, that, that's... I, I I've seen dudes do creepy things where like in my eyes I was like I was like that girl looks like she's horrified right now and there's three dudes in this elevator trying to get her phone number all at once. Yeah, and in like in that instance I was just like oh god damn this is gross like I feel dirty being in this elevator right now. I all right I I will say this right I've been like. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm going to openly say, right, that I have some piggish tendencies, right? I'm not going to, like, say that. It's a very political way of putting it. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, this is, like, no, 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 it's true. Like, if I'm at a bar and I'm having a good time, right, and I'm, I'm with my friends, I'm having a drink, and I see a girl, I'm going to start a conversation. Or I'm going to try to make her laugh, right? And to me, to I've been told that I've been not by anyone that that this has happened with or whatever. But someone's like, "Oh, well, that's an example of what men do that women don't like, or that women will, would rather have stop." I'm like, I understand if after I like make my my statement or I talk to the woman and she doesn't reply, or like she's like, "I just want to be left alone," and I don't. Then I'm a disrespectful pick. Like an like, I'm fucked up. But don't like if if I'm just coming like to say hi or like you know if if I crack a joke and you like I'm trying to make you laugh. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that, man. I think that that's you know that's that. If I don't pick up on like you said the nonverbal cues where it's like all right, well I'm not I'm not feeling this or you know like I don't want to be involved in this, then that's wrong. But if I'm like <laughs> like yo, you know like. How else are you supposed to start a conversation? Like, if 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 both of us don't say anything to one another, guess what? We're never going to talk. And then if we never talk, then we're never going to get to know each other. And if we don't get to know each other, then we're probably not going to be able to go on our Aziz and Zari date where I fucking uh, don't pick up on your nonverbal cues and you accuse me of being a fucking sexual pervert the next day, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I mean, the... Yeah, because if you don't put yourself out there, and and that's maybe that's the part about being a guy that that a lot of women won't understand is that it is really terrifying to go up to a woman and Joe. I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> They'll kill you, Joe. They will kill you. Because, what for saying that? Yeah, you want to know why? Because yeah, go women for it. <laughs> Educate women will me. Say that. The same goes for them, right? Oh, that it's scary for them when a guy's coming up to them? No, that it's oh. scary for them to approach guys, right? But how often do girls have to do that? I mean, more, Joe, more Joe, often. you're digging your grave. I'm I, I am. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out right now that I have been married <laughs> since 2005, <laughs> and I've been in a relationship since, like, 2001. <laughs> so it has been a long time since I've been in the dating pool. <laughs> I, but, but you're not wrong, Joe. And and maybe I'm the only guy that'll tell you it. You're absolutely you're you've hit the nail on the head, right? If men don't approach women, we'll die as a species. 
Like, I strongly believe that. I think the human race ends when men stop approaching women. Because, I, and I'll give you my small sample size experiment. It's not an experiment for me. It's actually called life, right? So I'm on, on several dating sites because I'm a single 33-year-old man, right? So on, on these dating sites, the women can message the men and the men can message the women. I'm going to let you take a wild guess on how many women have fucking messaged me throughout like my entire span, like say two years using these dating sites. Uh, dozen or so? Two. Two? Two. I'll tell you, and, and both of them were like bots, you know, like shit that, you know, like, <laughs> like they're trying to get you to send their email, like, Joe, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like, and that's, oh, no. it, it's true. And, and I can only assume it's because like, right, these women are being messaged by men over and over and over again. But if, if your argument is that, well, women have to be like, it, you don't want men to initiate the, the conversation, then you have to fucking do it. And if you don't do it, then again, we're back to the conundrum where it's like, then you're going to have men do it. But you don't want men to like we're in a catch twenty two, right? Like you don't want men to do it, but if you, if men don't do it, you won't do it. And I think it boils down to the to 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 what it always boils down to. If if the right man does it, then you're fine with it. But if Joe Schmo fucking on the train does it, or like walking down the street does it you're going to get offended because you're not feeling it, right? But if 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 you're attracted to the person, or if, then all these rules become non-existent, right? Then it's like, all right, fine, I don't mind being bothered on the train if it's a cute guy that that I'm attracted to or whatever. And, and that's not fair because, excuse me, if you're not going to relay that message to me, then there's no way for me to know that, you know, like I'm the yeah. cute guy on the train. I get you where know? you're coming from. I'm telling you, and, and this has been said, and I used that example on his perspective. I said, you know, I, 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 no one messages me on these sites. And there's specifically, fuck, there's one app called Bumble, right, that men can't message women. Like, you match, and then the woman has to initiate the conversation. And that shit is dry for me. Like, that shit doesn't work. Us. Like, I, I've, I've had maybe the longest conversation I've had with a woman there is uh, three back and forths. And that's because I have a picture on that site with a friend of mine, and she knew the friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, like, and, you know, I, I respect it. Like, again, like, I, I'm not, like, I don't, I don't think I should be being bombarded. I don't think I'm, like, you know, the hottest thing, the, the, new, the best thing since sliced bread. But I think that, you know, like you, you have like as long as you're being respectful, and as long as you're not like, you're you're not offending these women. Like you, it should be fine for you to try to go and say hi. And there are times when, of course, I get this hard, and I'm just saying, you know, what, I'm not gonna bother. But then there are times when I'm like, you know what? If I don't do it, and if I don't like come correctly, and then I'm never gonna get anywhere. And and you know, it it's worked. I've met women at bars and stuff like that by being by going up to them and saying hi. My name's Bernie. How are you doing? Would you like a drink? And if they say no, they say no. If if they're 
receptive, then, you know, you continue the conversation. And if it doesn't pan out, that's fine. I'm not going to be mad at them. Like, I met a girl at a bar on Friday. She, I was with my friends. She was standing by herself. And I introduced myself. And, you know, we started talking, you know, talking about what we do. And she, you know, I bought her a few drinks. We exchanged numbers. We talked about going to dinner. I messaged her the, uh, two days after just saying, I, I hope you got home safe. Um, she wrote back, yes, thank you. And then I, then I replied with the, you know, let's set dinner up or whatever. And I didn't get a reply back. Now, I'm not going to message her back. Um, and I, I sent like I, I sent like two or three messages like in that one conversation. But I'm not going to message her now and say, oh, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you not replying? You know, that's her prerogative. She didn't want to continue, like, the process, which is fine. But it, had I never, like, tried, I would have never gotten that far, right? Like, whereas I have her number now, and I was able to, like, exchange what few messages I was with her. So, I don't know. It's weird, man. Again, like I said, you're married. You're good to go, man. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully so. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard, man. Like, growing up, I remember having to call a girl on the house phone with her parents. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I know, remember like those you, days. Yeah, you had to call, hello, uh, may I please speak to whatever, or hello, good evening, may I please speak to so-and-so. This is Bernie or Bernardo, I used to say. Um, and, you know, like, you had to cross, the, those were the gatekeepers to to the girl yeah. you were interested <laughs> in, you know? Their parents had to be okay with handing the phone over. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, that that's not the experience nowadays. You have direct <laughs> contact to the person that you want to talk to. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a good thing, but maybe it's not such a good thing. You know, like maybe we need that buffer. You know, maybe we need that bit more respect, you know, <laughs> before we get to this individual, you know, uh, a matter of consequence. So, I don't know. I remember when I was in middle school. There was this girl that, I mean, we would call it dating, but I mean, really it was, you know, we'd sit together on the bus and like maybe talk on the phone after school, you know, like seventh, like sixth, seventh grade type relationship type stuff. And, um, I remember we were uptown in the little town that I grew up in and her dad was up there. And so I went up and introduced myself and I was like, Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so's boyfriend. And he's like, I have a gun, Joe. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> he, he had curly, froey hair. He vaguely looked like David Koresh. I was wigged out. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and but that's, you know, that's, you know, growing. That's what I was, you know, exposed to. Like, that's how I grew up having to treat women. You know, like, I, I remember... I remember enjoying courting women, right? God forbid I say courting, right? But like, um, you know, buying flowers and like really liking a girl and stuff like that. I, it's almost like I don't, I, I haven't come across that feeling in such a long time, man. Like in so long. Yeah, it's sad. I think I'm dead inside, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for you, man. I can't imagine. Like using a bunch of different sites and, and I don't know it, you know, I, I can't wrap my head around what your perspective is, you know, living where you live because it's so much different. Everything's so much smaller and so much slower paced where I'm at that just that 
the crush of humanity that's all around you there. You got so many people, but at the same time, it's got to be so, I mean, and maybe it's not weird for you at all because I mean, that's all, you know, you've, you've grown up around it and stuff, but no, I, and, and, and you're, you're com- like, I hear that from a lot of people. Like I'll have these conversations again, because there are a lot of transplants from other cities and States and that, that live in my neighborhood now. So you hear that, that perspective again. And because like, this is why I don't think it's there's anything wrong with, like starting genuine conversations at a bar or like when you meet someone, like you talk to them, hey, you know, and it doesn't just have to be women, men too. Like, you know, you're at a bar and, you know, you start a conversation with the bartender or the the, the guys there or you hear a topic and then you say your piece, you know. Um, granted, some people are, you know, like they get awkward um, when you uh, – when you talk to them, but, or like they, they don't want to continue the conversation, but you know, you say you, you, you put yourself out there and you hear these stories where like women will say like, fuck, it's completely different dating here than it is in, in where I grew up in because they're so like, you're always around people. You're always around men. You're, you know, like you have direct access to someone new, you know, like we've, we have an app literally devoted to like, Sex, Tinder, you swipe right, you know, you're going to meet someone. If you want to hook up, you hook up, you know, like it's, it's completely different for them, you know, as opposed to me, this is what I grew up around. And, and, you know, it's, it's amplified since, you know, the, the text messaging and cell phones have become a thing, you know, and, and online and, and everything. I sound fucking old, right? Like saying all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. four years older than you, so I'm picking up <laughs> I exactly. what you mean. Like, like uh, sooner or later, I'm going to be like, when I, back when I was young, going to the theaters, you could have went to the movies with 20 bucks and bought yourself concessions. <laughs> and, uh, um, no, but like, it's, it's you know, like when you live in a in a big, you know, in a massive city like this, even before introducing all these, you know, tools that will connect you, you're already around that naturally. So adding this makes it that much more, I don't want to say difficult because to some people it's not like, uh, difficult. It's, it's something that makes their life easier, you know? Um, but you know, if you're dating and if you're, you're looking for something serious, everything's a bit of more of a distraction, right? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're hit on by more people, you know, like you have to put up, you have to put up your defenses a bit more if you're a woman to these things, you know? And then I guess in doing that, you're, you, you're like, well, then I don't want to deal with any of this. Like, take it all away. And I, I think that that's the wrong attitude to have, especially if we're going to move forward with this, like, revolution, you know, with this, with this discussion of, like, well, men have to understand more about women. And I completely agree with that. I also think... That women need to open the the book of men. Like what you're exposed to, like the the shit that you're exposed to, isn't the only thing about men. There are good men out there. There are men that they're they're they may have been they may grow up a certain way, but they they're not looking to disrespect you. Disrespect you. They want to listen to the conversation. They want to know what's going on. But they also want to give you their perspective. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think once we once we become all one sided, we're going to lose. We're never going to get anywhere, you know, and it's only going to ruin things. I think we need to 
meet in the middle and change where the middle is and maybe move it more towards their side. But always remember that while men are, while men and women should be treated the same, we're not, you know, like biologically we're not, you know, like it's, it's life. You know, I, I'm sorry. Like you never get me to say men and women are the same. No, for no drastically different. Yeah, exactly. Like our brain chemistry is different. You know, our desires are different. Our drives are different. So, you know, like there's a conversation to be had, yeah. but just don't think that it's all one-sided. Like we're all going to go. No, because you, you got to get the other side to change. And if you're not li- willing to listen to the other side, then we have a problem. Then we're never going to get anywhere. That's why we have his perspective in the left of our left of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent segue into that. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember the like the 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 minute details of the study, but I remember reading something that you know women are able to process more emotions than men. Yeah, it, like say say that men can process like three emotions, and like women can actually process like thirty or, or something to like that. And and that I I tend to believe in that. You know, like it, as long as I've been as long as I've been married and as well as I know my wife, there's still like emotions and stuff that she can have that like, I, I just kind of have to watch. You know what I mean? It's like, a, there's certain things that I, that I don't relate to just because it's like, I don't feel the world in the exact same way. And you know, it, it's kind of a trip being able to see it because like I, um, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I I want to understand, but I physically can't understand. You know what I mean? Yes. And there was a joke there, which I didn't crack about women and emotion. <laughs> I want, I want that on the record. Um, no, but it, it, it's but that, but that's obvious. You know, like uh, the the again, and I'm generalizing because God forbid I say, like, like uh, let me let me. In my experience, generally speaking, right, it's like it's you can't even compare the ability of women to empathize or, or like, you know, feel as like more deeply than men. Like it's, it's you, th- there should be no comparison. Like we are complete morons when it comes to the emotional spectrum. Um, <laughs> that's a women. much better way of putting what I was struggling with earlier. Uh, no, Thank no, you. Like, no, I, I'm telling you, once I have like half a beer in, I just start throwing out these these words, man, and they usually <laughs> don't make sense. <laughs> no, um, yeah, man, like, I, I, like I look, I love women, right? Um, I, I just, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't want to lose who I am because I certain women think that it, it has to be completely this way. And everyone that doesn't think this way is wrong. And it, it you know, like you, you're going to lose a lot of battles thinking that way. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's crazy. Like it, it's, you know, and, but that's why I think it's so great that we have the women that we have in, in the left of army, like Rebecca, uh, Brooke, um, Jesse, like you're like, these women like are 
like, and I don't want, like, I don't want to disrespect any of them, right? But like, they are everything they are, and to me, like, they're more because they've broken that stereotype where women shouldn't be, um, or, or aren't um, allowed, or or it's not attractive for a woman to be involved or uh, like speaking about comics or pop culture or anything like that. I think they've went so far as to make that unbelievably attractive. And I think all that, like what's not said enough is that women did that. Like they took it and they said, look, we are here. We like this. This is our opinion and it's valid and that should be respected. And I think that it's, it's awesome to have women like this that we're around and that we, you know, we're friends with and that we, we converse with. And I, I think that's awesome. So, you know, like there is a matter of like recognizing that. And I think more men should do that. So I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Are you going to, uh, C2E2? Yeah. I'm going to be there for the Saturday for sure. Yeah. I, i I was supposed to go down there Friday and then I remember I had a wedding, so I have to, I had to rebook my hotel room. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to the wedding and I'm probably going to try to fly out on like the first flight on Saturday. Um, show up, meet up with you guys. Hopefully we get drunk Saturday night. Um, <laughs> I'll probably hang out and just stay sober and just, cause I want to get to meet everybody and then I'll just split out and uh, probably get home in the wee hours of the morning. On Saturday? Yeah. How far is Iowa from Chicago? I have, listen. It's I, only I a five hour drive for me. Oh, uh, well, I, I'm not going to say that's not, you know, that's that's close, but it's a lot closer than New York. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> I tried to get I tried to get Rebecca last year to drive out there, and she was like, fuck no, I'm taking a plane. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a long drive. I mean, yeah. ugh. Well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on driving myself. You know, I was like, oh, we could all alternate, and they're like, no, we're taking a plane. I was like, all right. <laughs> Well, the last time that, that Lindsay and I went to Chicago, we were going to stay the night and then we ended up leaving at like midnight or something like that because we were like, oh, fuck it. We'll just drive home. And we did the whole shot without stopping. Wow. And so, yeah, I was like, fuck it. I did it that time. I can do it again. Did you guys switch up? Like you drove three hours, she drove two or? Nope. I just drove the whole thing. Um, I, I used to drive for my job. So I mean I can I can fucking drive all day and it doesn't even it doesn't bother me at all. And so a 5 hour day doesn't really seem like much. <laughs> God, I I used to have to run this one route where it was 4 hours of windshield time. Wow. Yeah, and it was like every fucking Tuesday and that was like a minimum. And so it's like, oh shit. If I'm coming back from, you know, having fun hanging out with the people from the leftover army, it's like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I look forward to, like, meeting everyone. Um, again, I've met, like, Rebecca. Brooke came down, which was cool. We all, uh, me, Brooke, Sage, uh, some other people from New York, we we all went and had dinner. Uh, for, they came, uh, this was during New York Comic Con. I, I thought it was cool. I got to meet um, them. And it was, you know, it was fun. I, I, had, a, I had a great time. So I can only imagine in C2E2 we'll have a blast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When I was seeing all those meetup pictures from last year, I was like, oh, that looks like yeah. so much fun. Me too. They, I got it sounds like there's going to be a whole fucking gang of people this year. <laughs> so that's going to be great. Yeah, be I great. mean, 
that, that's even better, you know, like we grew, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you want to talk? Well, yeah, go ahead, man. No, I was going to say you want to talk about when I got arrested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Because I asked you about that when we were texting. You're like, no, it's crazy. Let's save it for the podcast. I'm like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> you, you know what it is? Um, more so, it's like, I, honestly, like, um, it's a topic, like, it's something that I, not that I don't like talking about, is that I, I it's something I don't like repeating often, right? Like, it's one long story, and it's it's something that, like, it took a lot of my life to get over. Um, and, you know, like, to this day, it's so, like, a sore spot. Um, but, you know, like, it's, it's I, you know, I don't mind talking about it. And I think it's a cool, it's not a cool story, but it's just a different experience. That's why I asked you if you saw The Night Of, um, the Riz Ahmed uh, HBO thing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not seen it, but I've heard it's really good. It it's really really good. If 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 only for the fact of like you see the mentality behind how the justice system works and like how cops, well not so much co- like cops because at the end of I won't spoil it, but like you know, no cop is going to do what like what what went down in in the night of um but like you you get that that air, you know, like that, that sense of like, oh, this is how the justice system in a massive city works. All right. So I guess we should start. <coughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, like any story it starts with a girl, right? Um, there was a girl I was dating for about two and a half years. Um, and I like I got very close with her family and, you know, like it was my longest relationship. Like I, like to me, let me I guess I should say this. Uh, before I move forward. I am no way. Would I am in no way not to blame. Right. In the story. Like I, it's not like I don't have fault here somewhere. Right. Um, I'm not a saint. Right. Um, so I want to start off with that. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I, I got close with this girl's family. I was in her house. Like, she lives literally, like, like if I walk, if I were to be able to walk through the block that I'm on, she's, like, right across the street, right? Like, house facing mine, right? Um, so... We we were together for a long for two and a half years. It was my longest relationship, um, and like we we were very tight, you know. Um, like we like I put her um, on my like Macy's account and like bank account. We had like shared bank accounts. She put me on her accounts and stuff like that. Um, and like you know, we shared expenses. Like I I think both of us knew that you know, we were building like a life together, I guess, or like our lives were going to like move forward together. Uh, So um, one day, I guess her mom found out that we had accounts together, right? So her mom calls me and she's like, she starts cursing me out and saying like, what's wrong with you? What do you, 
you know, why are, why is your name on my daughter's things? I'm like, well, you know, I, I said it respectfully. I said, listen, I, you know, I, no disrespect, but I think that's something that's between me and, and your daughter, you know, like I, and, and, you know, like I understand that you're upset, but you know, like that's something that I, I, I that we've discussed. And I don't think that that's something I, I should discuss with you. <clears throat> so, um, so whatever, she was upset. So mind you, I was going to this girl's house like every day, like, like every day after work or, you know, I was in her house. Um, and at the time I was working at the Archdiocese of New York doing what I'm doing now, which is uh, nonprofit development, which is finance. Like we process donations. Um, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of account information. So um, my girlfriend, uh, calls me and she tells me that she told her sisters and everybody in the house that I cursed her out. Like I cursed her mom out and I told her mom to mind her fucking business. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I've never spoken to an older woman in that manner ever. Like, I don't like never, I've never spoken to a woman, like, especially a woman that's, that's my girlfriend's mom. I would never say that to her. Right. And she's like, well, that's what my sister's saying. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, like, I was like, I didn't say it. You know, like, I don't know what to tell you. So, like, a week passes, and uh, I'm not, like, I don't go by the house, clearly, because I'm not going to go to someone's house who's, like, saying all these things, you know, and, and like, putting me through the mud or, or to feel uncomfortable, right? So my girlfriend, like, I still see my girlfriend. Like, we go to the movies or whatever. So my girlfriend's like, why aren't you coming over to the house? I'm like, well, I'm not going to go over there until like a discussion is had or your mom apologizes or so she's like, um, well, if you can't come to my house and if you can't be around my mom, I don't see how we can be together. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand. Right. Like, well, you and I are fine. Um, I don't get why it, it, it should cause a problem between me and you. We, we're still fine. Like, and she's like, no, I was like, well, listen. You, you're free to do whatever it is, like you want to do. Um, but I will tell you this: that I don't do the like the makeup to break up thing. If you're gonna break up with me, be sure that that's exactly what you want to do. Because like, I, like I, I'm not going to play a game. I'm not going to like break up with you then try to get back with you. Like you're not gonna like get what you want by doing that. Like. In ma like, what's to say in the future, like when we're engaged or we're married, that you are you gonna threaten to like leave because, you know, like you're not getting what you want because I'm not going to your house, you know. Um, and she ultimately was like, well, I, I don't think we should be together. So I was like, all right, no problem, I understand. <clears throat> so, you know, that happens. We break up. Um, about like a year later, right? Um. We're we're still on talking terms, right? Like we're we're slowly like getting off each other's like accounts. Like I'm paying, um, I'm paying off like the credit card debt and stuff like that, and she's giving me money for my end, right? Like what I'm paying off. Um, and uh, like we we you know we talk and and you know it it was almost like we were we were still in each other's lives a bit, but not as, as much as it was before. So it comes to her attention that during the relationship I had with her, 
I had cheated on her, right? <laughs> like, like a lot. Like I had cheated on her a great deal, right? Yeah. Like I said, I'm, 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 I'm not. I, I am at fault in some to some extent in the story, right? Um. So then she, I, like, I don't know, like, what triggered her, but she, she lost it. Like she, she just. Like she completely and utterly lost it. Like she was threatening, like like the the like to confront these women, to like go at them, to like like tell their because at at by this time these pe- some of these women like were in relationships, right? So she was threatening to tell like the and I'm like, what's wrong? Like look, if you're gonna be mad, be mad at me, you know? Like like. This is what I did, and if you if you feel that you need to curse me out, that's fine. But she was losing it. She was like she went completely nuts, right? Um, and you know, like it w- it was a saga, but it was a saga. It was something that I was like, all right, like like I've gotten the worst of it, right? Like this is this is it, you know? Like like once she calms down, when she breathes. Like once she gets over this, like this will be the end of it. Like I'm not going to have to like, like deal with this anymore. Um, granted, I'm not saying I was right by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just, um, I didn't, you know, like I didn't want um, that, like to 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 affect anyone else, right? Like if it's gonna affect me, let it affect me, but not not someone that did, you know, like that wasn't involved, that didn't know the situation and just went and, you know, like, that's all I wanted for it to be over. So it was, to, to my knowledge, like, she ended up bad-mouthing me. She told some of my friends, you know, like, um, what I had done. And, and, you know, it was what it was. Like, some of my friends were her friends and then they, you know, like, they stopped talking to me because, you know, they thought that I was messed up, what I did a year ago, whatever, you know. Um, but then what ended up happening was, um, again, like I told you, I work for the archdiocese. So the way the archdiocese works is, um, that like we have set periods where like you can't be out for work, like during like uh, Lent, like that time, there's an influx of donations. So you have to be at work. Like there's like that's a there's a moratorium on like days off. Like you can't miss like work. And if you do, you need to know like th- like there needs to be a valid excuse. So one day I get up and I'm I'm in the shower, but I hear the door knock, right? And uh, my mom opens the door and then I, I'm getting uh like I'm in the shower and my mom knocks on the, the bathroom door and she's like, Bernie, the cops are here, right? So I'm like, What? And I get you know, I finish, you know, I go, I throw on a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, and I go out to talk to the cops, um, and they're detectives, and they're like, um, hey, um, listen, uh, we just want to have a conversation with you, um, this is about, and and he says my, uh, my ex-girlfriend's name, and I was like, okay, like, yeah, like, I, to me, I've done nothing wrong, right, like, why would I, like, I, I would just go and have this conversation with them. Like something must have happened. Like, I, like that was my first mentality. Like, something must have happened to her. Like, you know. So let me straighten this out so that you know, like it's it's not a an issue for me. 
So we go and they take me over to, I forgot what precinct, I think the 86th. It was in downtown Brooklyn, right? And um, they're questioning me and they're like, listen, you know, like, um, and I had never to, I had never been in this situation. I had never been arrested. I had never been um, invo- like stopped by cops like that. Like I had never been in a precinct like to at all, you know. Um, and mind you, this is when I'm like 24, 25, right? Um, and they're asking, they're saying, listen, you know, like she's saying that you know you stole her identity. And you opened up a bunch of accounts under her name. She, you know, and this is what we, you know, this is what we're approaching you about. And I, and in my mind, I'm like, this is nonsense. Like, are you kidding me? And then I'm like, and then I start trying to t- talk to them, right? Like, I'm trying to be like, listen, like that. That's definitely not the case. If you just call these companies, you'll see. Like, they'll tell you that. You know, we went there together. Like, she opened them. Like, she knew what was going on. Like, we, you know, and I, the same way it's open on her and it's open on my end, too, with her, on mine. And, uh, like, they stopped me, right? And they hand me this piece of paper. And they say, listen, like, I I want to continue this conversation, but in order for me to, like, hear what you're saying, this is exactly how they told it to me. They're like, in order for us to, like, hear your side, you have to sign this piece of paper. And I'm like... All right, and then I like I just sign it, and then I I like get like I move to sign. I start talking or whatever, and they're like, all right, all right, all right. Like they're like, did they they and then they start asking like only like questions that the answers were only yes to. Like, oh, did you have a Verizon account? Did you have a uh like uh, a Chase account? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like. And then they walk out the room, and then they come back and like Bernard Ortiz here under arrest, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then, like, I hear one of the cops, I guess, on on the phone um, say, yo, we got him, right? So I'm like, all right, well, I sit down, and I'm like, I'm nervous as shit. Like, the first thing crossing through my mind is like, fuck, I got to call work. I got to tell them I'm not coming in, right? And then, like, I'm telling the the cop, like, you know, like, like, how long is this going to take? Because, like, in my mind, I'm like, yo, I got to get to work, right? Like... You know, I gotta like, I have to be in. And they're like, "Oh, you, you'll be out by noon." This is the the nonsense they told me, right? Like, you'll be out by by noon, and it was like nine o'clock. So I was like, "All right, no problem." You know, like I I call like I call, um, I call my job and I tell them I'm not gonna be able to come in. Um, and then I call like, um, or I tell them I'm coming in late. And then I call uh, like this girl I had been seeing and. You know, I told her, you know, like what was going on um, because I didn't want to call my house and worry my mom. Right. Or yeah. my sister or my family. Like, that's the number one concern I have. Like, I'm not going to worry these people. You know, like I'm like like this is just a misunderstanding. Right. Like this like this is nonsense. So so that you know what happens like when you get arrested. Right. And I don't know if it's, it holds true in Iowa or anywhere else in the United States, right? So when you get arrested, everything you have on you becomes evidence, right? So mm-hmm. like your cell phone, uh, your keys, uh, your your wallet. Um, I think they leave you your ID 
And and at the time, I had like about $120 on me. And the cop was like, well, you can only have, I think, up to like 90 bucks on you or 100 bucks on you. Everything else becomes evidence. So I he let me keep $100. Um, and your, like, everything else, like, went into, like, evidence, right? So, mm-hmm. um, at the time, I had a shield, like, a PBA shield, um, you know, because I knew someone on the police force. And I guess, like, w- like when he saw my wallet, he, then it hit him, right? Like, yo, why didn't you tell me that you had this? And I'm like, what does it matter, right? Like, like, I'm not going to show you this because this is nonsense, right? Like, this should, there's, there's no reason to be, and he's like, I'm going to make sure, like, I'm not going to put this into evidence because they'll take it away. I'm going to give it to, like, tell someone to come pick it up for me, right? So I was like, all right, whatever. So that's that. So what happens is you're, they, they do all this, they process you in the precinct, right? Um, and you're in a cell there. Then they take you and they move you to what's called central bookings, right? Now, what central bookings is, is in essence a series of, cells that you move through um in order to like ultimately be arraigned right so when you're there they make you take off your shoelaces and all that shit um and your belt and you're there and you're running through these cells right so i i i i can't imagine what the manhattan one is like or the Bronx one is, because New York City has five boroughs, right? But the Brooklyn one is is the most disgusting place I've ever spent time in ever. Like it's 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 disgusting. Like it's the most like whatever you could think a shit disgusting like the shit you see in the movies it doesn't hold the candle to what I was in. Like <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Like uh, uh, and they're they're like these big cells because there are a bunch of people in there. Like they're they're holding each cell is holding about twenty to thirty people, right? Um, at least. And then like your the 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 toilets are clearly exposed and and they have shit all over them. Uh, if you want water, what they do is that they you know the the water cooler like plastic the big plastic water cooler bottles. Uh huh. They'll fill that up with, like, hose water, right? Like, they have a hose and they fill it up with that. And then they put it in there. But the problem is that some of these motherfuckers in these cells, they pee in those fucking water things. Like, oh. Yeah. And then, like, you, you know, like, you you got to assume that these people aren't cleaning that shit. You know, like, so you're, you, you're there. You, you don't want to drink the water because you don't know what the fuck is in there. Um, but in my mind, like, when I'm... Like when I'm going through this, I'm like, it's, I'm gonna get out of here today. Like it's, I'm, I'm, like I'm, I'm gonna see a judge. This, this is an all nonsense. I'm in and out, and then I'll be able to explain it to my family, right? Yeah. I, uh, you know, like they come around and then they 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 hand out. They also hand out uh, cheese sandwiches, right? Like just bread and cheese, um, which I had none, right? Because I'm like, I'm not gonna eat here. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm like. Like, I'm not going to be here long, right? So that was, I believe, a Tuesday. Now, you progress in these cells. So each cell moves you forward and forward and more forward till you're under the 
the the courtroom and then you're like you're brought out to the courtroom or whatever right um so i'm thinking i'll, I'll get through these stuff today so that was tuesday i didn't see the judge till thursday no fucking way till thursday um and i'm in this place and i'm sleeping you know like you're sleeping on the floor you know you're you're Again, of course, the floor is gross and sticky and, and horrendous. You're around the most grotesque people in the world. Um, and, you know, like, in my mind, I'm just like, like, what the fuck did I do to deserve this? Like, this can't be happening, right? So I, I, like, I, I just, I'm like, I, the, I'm not calling my parents, right? Like, I'm not calling my mom. I'm not going to worry her. Like, but at this time, at the same time, and also to be fair, like I had no quarters and you couldn't use a payphone without quarters. And that's what they had was payphones. Right. <laughs> even though you had like a hundred bucks, even though I had a hundred and I'm not going to ask, I'm not about to pull out my hundred dollars in a cell full of, you know, like assumingly bad people and ask for change. Right. So that's I find probably get, a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. I finally get to like the cell before you go see the judge. And at that point, you're able to see a public defender for maybe three and a half minutes before you go see the judge. Right. And the public defender is there and he's asking me, he's like, like, and you're also provided, I'm sorry, with a sheet of paper. Right. And it's a pink sheet of paper and it's a long sheet and it tells you, it will show you, um, it will show you like what your, like what your charges are. And I didn't know this. Right. So someone had tried to like, someone was trying to start a conversation with me and they're like, oh, you know, why are you here? And I'm like, I honestly don't know, man. My ex said some shit to the cops and like, they, they, I didn't do anything. And he's like, let me see your paper. And then he looks at, he's like, dude, they're charging me with four felonies, bro. And I'm like, shut. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. One of them was, I think, identity theft and three counts of like grand larceny or whatever. Right. And I'm like what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, like in my mind, I'm like, fuck me. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I didn't do anything, man. I didn't do any, like, that's all I kept repeating in my head. I didn't do anything. So I go to the public defender and he's like, um, he's, he starts throwing around terms that I don't fucking know. Right. And he's like, he's like, dude, I don't know if you're going to, if they're going to let you off on like, you're going to get R and or um, or if you're gonna you're gonna be remitted and you're gonna have to 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 go to Rikers and I'm like like I like I just I, I like I had this blank face and I was like what what does that mean and he's like R and R is released on your own reconnaissance which means that you're able to go um, you're able to go and like you show up for your court dates right he's like but if you're remitted unless like when they set bail. Like, you have to have someone here with bail, with money for bail. And I'm like, I, like no one's going to show up here with money for bail because no one knows I'm here. Right? So, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, uh, it's, I'm fucked because my public defender is saying I have four felonies. And, like, they don't usually, re, like, let people off without bail uh, with felonies. Um, you're, you know, like, no one's here. There's no, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, I'm like, I'm fucked. And then as I come out, like, I, um, I come into the courtroom, right? And, you, of course, you're handcuffed and shit like that. 
and uh, they re- they take off the handcuffs when you, you you go up and you speak to the judge. And when I'm walking up, like I see my godmother there, like, um, and I'm like, like, like I start thinking like, yo, you know, like, what is she doing here? And then I see my mom and then I'm just like, like, I just start like, 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 I feel like complete another, like, like shit, like a disappointment, right? Like, like, you know, you have your mom there looking at you like, like in your mind, you're like, fuck, what, what must be going through her mind? Right. So, um, the judge is, you know, he tells, um, the, the public defender tells the judge, um, you know, like this is, you know, this guy goes to church, you know, he's involved in the community. He's never been arrested before. This is just a, a dispute between an ex-girlfriend and, you know, her boyfriend. Um, and then the, the DA is like, um, well, the guy admitted to opening account, like having three phone accounts. And I was like, and the public defender turns to me and tells me something that to this day I will never forget. And and I anyone I ever like speak to who's in a situation, I tell him the same thing. He turns to me, he's like, You talk to the fucking cops? He's like, You never fucking talk to the cops. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that when yeah. when when you said you just signed that, and I was like, yeah. no. Yeah. But again, like you know, in my mind, like you know, like to me, like these these are individuals that, like you you clearly want to find the truth. No, isn't this your job? Like you want to get the criminals. Like you're not you're not here to just like you you want to help us out. You're police officers. You're you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do, right? Uh, but I'm I'm like yeah, but I didn't tell them that that they're lying. Like I, those weren't my words. I told, and he's like, he's like, he's like, it's all right, it's all right. And then the judge says, I'm releasing my own reconnaissance, which was a miracle in of a, in and of itself. And uh, like, um, they schedule a court date, right? Like months after. So the public defender is like, all right, well, you know, like, come here this day, be early, dress well, um, and we'll talk, you know, like when you get here, right? So, actually, no, this, the first time, the first court day was, I think, like, two weeks after. Excuse me. So, as I'm leaving the courtroom, right, like, I see my mom and, like, my godmother, and, like, I don't have any words. Like, like there's nothing, there's no sentence I can say, right? Like, there's, there's nothing, like, there's, there's nothing. There literally is nothing. Like, and... Like, my mom is asking me, like, are you hungry? And then, like, the girl I was seeing, like, co- like, like I, I let her know that I was home. And she's like, C- like, I'm picking you up. Like, let's go get something to eat. And, you know, like, I'm with my mom. And, I you know, I tell my mom that, like, I come home and I tell my mom, like, I'm going to go to meet this girl. You know, and she's like, all right, be careful. She's like, it, you're fine. You know, like, my, like, like. It was just surreal because I knew, like, at this point, I was putting my family through, through fucking hell, right? Like, and they didn't say it, but in my mind, I knew it, right? Like, so um, the girl picks me up, and she's like, "So what happened?" And I, I am explaining to her the story, right? And like, we go to this Colombian restaurant and we order food or whatever, and I'm telling her the story, and then like, I, I get to the point where I just start, I like. I just like I start hysterically crying, like bawling, 
Um, yeah, dude. I mean, you're just letting out all that stress that it built over those few days. I mean, fuck. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like, and to this, like, I hadn't been seeing this girl that long, right? Like, a couple of months. And I'm like, 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 you don't need to be a, like, a part of, like, you don't have to take this on. Like, God forbid, like, like, you take this on, right? Um, with me. Like, I don't, like, I don't want you to, you know, like, like this, I don't, I don't want you around this or involved in this. You know, like that's, that's just, you know, like, like, no, you know, and, and it was just like something that, that I, like I lost, like, like I, I just, like I ate maybe three tablespoons of like the food and then I couldn't anymore. Right. And then the next day, like, um, I go into work cause I have to, right. Like mind you, job, the like I get out and and work is like the least. Like I call into work uh, when I get out when I get out of uh, the court. Um, after I've been arraigned and I call them and I I tell my director I tell him the truth. I ha- there's no there's no like there's no no other excuse I could have used other than what I I use right like I like the truth I I got arrested. That's why I wasn't able to call you. You know, when I missed those these two days, I just got out of court. They just released me. And then he's like, well, what happened? And because I have to show him paperwork, I can't lie to him. So I told him, I was like, look, this is what happened. My ex-girlfriend accused me of this. So he's like, fuck. He's like, he's like, you, you know, like, this is probably the worst thing that could have happened to you because they're not going to want to keep you around the checks and stuff like that. If you're being accused, yeah. of like, you know, and I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And he's like, um, he's like, look, let me speak to the, to, to the head of the department. Um, and then just, just stay home. I'll call you later and let you know what to do, you know? So they, the next day I go into, he calls me into work. I go in, and he's like, look, I'm, he's like, look, honestly, if you'd have punched her in the fucking face, that would have been that we would have accepted that more than what she's accusing you of now. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. but like, I didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, I know, bro. He's like, it, it sucks, you know? And I, cause I told him the story, the entire thing. And he's like, look, they're going to meet with you. So they had a lawyer there, like their lawyer. Um, and then the head of the department sat me down and they were like, listen, this is a situation you're you're we can't have you in the department anymore um we can offer you this as a severance um and or like or we can move you to another department but then he said if we move you to another department you know you gotta like we're not going to go out of our way to accommodate you or to make you or to like try to keep you here, right? Almost insinuating like, you know, they'll try any excuse to like fire me. So he's like, and you have to know that if anything sticks, like you're gone. Like it that's it, it's over for you. Like we're not you're gonna get fired. So I'm like like I'm like a deer in headlights, and he's like, Look, think about it and uh, let us know. So I went back to my director and my director was like, What did they say? And I told him, he's like, I told him what they say. He's like, 
dude fucked them. He's like, look, they're trying to get rid of you for in their best interest. Their best interest is to get rid of you. So if they're going to get rid of you, ask them for more money. Go in there, say, like, you're willing to leave, but they have to up the severance. And then it went from, like, two weeks, I think, severance to, like, I think four months. Because um, I was going back and forth. And they, they ended up giving it to me um, at the at the end. But it was, like, more of, like, a three-day thing where I was going in and coming back out, you know, like, having the discussion with them. And I guess, like, to cover their own asses, they were, like, fine. Like, we we were able to get rid of it, right? Um, but then like, it was, it was, I, it's, it's like, I couldn't get a job because every, like I was going to court like almost every month. Right. And I, like, if I was going to court, then I'd have to take days off from a job that I would have just started. Right. So yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. And no job is ever going to want that. Right. Um, so and, and while this was going on, like, the arrest is still open. Like, you can, like, if they ran a background check, they would see it. So, like, I'm, like, that's going through my mind. And um, just one day when I'm, like, I, I get home and, like, my sister, and this is the thing, like, my sister is, like, do you want to stay with a public defender or do you want to get a lawyer? Um, and, I like, I was like, I don't know, because I didn't know. Like, you know, like, I, we've never been through this. You know, like, I had never been through this. So I'm like, I, I don't know. So she's like, we, you know, we have to, we have to figure out what we're going to do. And she's like, look, um, you know, like, she starts talking to me, like, you, Bernie, we have to do something. Do it. Like, what are we doing? What are, you know, like, or we, like, you know, let's get, let's, you know, do you want to get an attorney or do you not? Like, and I, like, it's like. Like, I got to the point where it was just like, I don't, like, I just yelled out, like, I don't know. And I, like, threw the phone and I, like, I, like, bundled up into the fetal position and just was like, just, just fuck it. You know, like, let them, like, let me just go to jail. You know, because, like, it, it's like, there was so much shit that was going on. Like, the, the attorney, like, to take on the case, the attorney was charging $10,000, right? Oh. You know, and, and, yeah, I didn't have it. So my sister yeah. gave it to me. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, like, why are you giving me this money? Like, it's my shit that I'm going through. Like, I don't, you know, it, it was, it, again, it was the, like, it's easier for them to just take me away than to put my family through this shit, right? Yeah. So my mom, like, my mom was the one that was like, relax, you know, like, just breathe. We're going to get through this. And in my mind, like, there, there is no getting through it, right? In my mind, it's like, this is it, like. These cards are stacked against me, right? So I'm like, you know, we go through all this. Like, we're, we're going back and forth for months and months and months and months and months. Um, going back and forth through this whole scenario. Um, finally, to get to the point where, like, everything is dropped, right? Like, everything. Like, it was over. And I'm like, are, like, in, like I go to my lawyer and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we had to go through all this back and forth, like, for everything to just go away. And he's like, they're, and he explains to me, he's like, they're never going to want to just let something go. If they think they can get over and offer you, like, less time or whatever, they're going to want to do that. But, you know, like, 
if they feel if they start researching, if I start giving them more evidence contrary to what they're saying and they think they can't win their case, they're going to want to like let it go. So I I was out of the woods. But I was still fucked, right? Like, cause um, one, I had to pay, like, I, you know, like I had to get a job. I had bills to pay. You know, I had like a bunch of shit to take care of. Um, you know, and and I was, you know, I, I I was set back now because, like, this took like about two years to complete, and then, um. Like I had a like because it was like uh like so there's a temporary restraining order and then there's like uh like a restraining order that just signs off on for like three years, um so I had that going but it didn't matter because I was never like I, like in my mind I would never come across this woman ever again like I never want to see this woman ever and I'm not gonna yeah, go right? out of my way to see her like yeah you know like I, I'm not doing that I'm not stupid enough to do that even though many of my friends were like. You know, you should you should set her up. You know, you should set you know tell someone to beat her. I'm like no, because the first person they're gonna come to is me. And I was like, and that's I I I want nothing to do with. I want to move forward with my life, and I did. You know, like and it took a while, and I went through all that, and you know, I I I moved forward from it, and it sucked. But if I didn't have like my family, um. And my friends there that stood by me, like I, I, I don't know where I would have been, you know. Like I, I think I, like, like I, I don't know where my mind would have been, you know. Um, Man, that would just be a terrifying thing to go through, though. And it, it is. It, it's scary as fuck. It's something that, I, if I could wish for anything, I wish I never went through. Um, but it so it taught me a lot. And I, and maybe that, and maybe I have trust issues with women because of that. Who knows? And maybe that's probably why I don't feel like the way I do. Again, I, I will tell you that I, I don't think I'm I'm faultless here. You know, I I I did hurt this woman, you know, like emotionally. Like she, you know, she she was hurt and this was her reaction. Do I think it was an overreaction? Of course. Do I like have a despise for her? Yes. You know, and I think my sister put it the best way, where it's like, if it was only about money, right? If she was so concerned about you guys paying her back, or like for me to pay her back, she'd have just sued you. You know, like she'd have sued you for the money, but she wanted to make you pay. You know, and she wanted to be scornful, so that's why she went this route. So, you know, I I, I got over it and I got through it, but funny story, um, maybe two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago, a cop calls me, a detective calls me on my phone, on my cell phone. And they tell me, um, listen, you know, I need you to come in for questioning. Um, If you don't get back to me, like I'm trying to be the, I'm trying to do this nicely. If you don't get back to me, I'm going to issue a warrant for your arrest, right? So I'm like. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm losing my shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this about, right? So then um, I call my, I have a cousin who's a, a police officer. And when this all was going down, he said, you know, you should have let me know. You but again, like, you know, when you're going through all this, you don't really think about it. And plus, you know, I don't really have everyone's number, you know, 
by heart. I, I know the the people who I know's number, you know. Um, yeah. So I call him and I tell him what the detective said, and he's like, "Look, give me a few hours. I'm gonna call some people." Um, he's like, he's from the like he he told me what precinct he was in the message. So I told him, and he's like, "Look, like I called my cousin." A few hours later, he's like, "Look, I, I checked. They they have no cases for like with your name on it." He's like, "So whatever he's doing, he's not putting it in the system. So I guess he's just waiting like for you to show up to then do everything, right? To write everything up." So I'm like, "Okay." He's I was like, "What do you do? What do I do?" He's like, "Dude, call your lawyer." He's like, "Call him." I was like, "All right," and he's like, "Don't talk to him. Like, don't talk to the cop." I was like, dude, you don't have to. I, I've never unlearned that lesson. Bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I called my lawyer and, you know, I, I, I remind him, I'm like, hey, you know, this is so and so a while ago, you defended me. He's like, all right, cool. Um, so he's like, what do you want? Like, he's like, listen, what's the cop's name and number? He's like, I give it to him. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to call him right now. From now on, you don't talk to him. He talks to me and then you and I communicate. He's like, for everything that happens before the trial, like if they're, you know, like if we don't clear this up, it's going to be 1500 bucks, right? So I was like, all right, fine. Like 1500 bucks to not have to deal with this shit again. Whatever, you know? So um, the next day the cop calls me. He's like, oh, I told you I was trying to be the nice guy, but now you want to you wanna ignore me. I'm issuing the warrant today if I don't hear from you. So I call my lawyer and I'm like, dude, this fucker called me again. And he's like, what an idiot. He's like, don't call him. I'll call him again right now. Ignore the phone call. You know, like, ignore it. So then the lawyer calls me back about two hours later, and he's like, listen, I spoke to the guy. I spoke to the detective. He's like, you're you're going to have to go in and turn yourself in. And I'm like, what's happening? He's like, he's claiming, he's, he's trying to make a case of identity theft on you, right? I was like, shut up. Are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I was like, this is the same shit I went through last. He's like, you haven't, like, is there anything new? I was like, no. Like, we went... We went, we dealt with this before last night. He said, yeah, I know. He's like, just, you know, when you go, when you go, it's called surrendering yourself, right? When you surrender yourself, don't answer any questions. The only response for you is like, hello, I'm here to surrender myself. I was told to be here at this time. If anyone asks you questions, if anyone asks you how's your day, I'm just here to surrender myself, whatever. That was literally my entire response, right? Other than like, what's your name, right? Done, done. I showed up with no shoelaces. I left my cell phone at home. I had the, <laughs> you were prepared I, this time. Yeah, yeah. I had like uh, $5 and quarters in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, I showed up prepared. Like I was ready. Like I was like, if we're going to go through this, I'm going to go through this the smartest way I can. But this time, like they sent me the Queen Central booking, right? So I went through, you know, I, I showed up, they did the same thing. They took me to bookings and I, um, and I wasn't central bookings and I was going through the cells the same way I was going through, through them the first time. Then all of a sudden I see one of the corrections officer walk by and he's he stops and he yells out a woman's name. Cause like the women are on like the other side of like, we're on one side, the women are on the other um, and then he he screams out my name. Mind you, this is hours in because I'm already thinking like I'm good, like I'm dealing with this shit again, right? And uh, 
Um, and I like he pulls me out the cell. Like he not pulls like he 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 takes me out the cell, and uh, he's like, "Come with me." And we go to like the desk sergeant's uh, desk, and he's like, "Bernardo Ortiz." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, he hands me a letter. He's like. The district attorney of uh, Queens County has dropped all charges against you. You may leave. Um, this is a letter, um, show, you know, showing that all charges against you have been dropped. You may move forward. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, shit. I ran out that fucking place. Mind you, again, I'm I have no money on me with no cell phone, right? <laughs> and I'm outside um, with like five dollars in my pocket, and I have no way to like like get around so like the first call i get is my sister because my sister was waiting by the courthouse um like to to meet me when like because the lawyer was going to tell her when i was going to be brought up to like see the judge um in case i needed bail or whatever um and i call her i'm like yo it's done like I, like the charges were dropped or whatever and she's like oh, like she's like yeah i was like so we went to like TGI Fridays. Like she met me there because I was by the courthouse, and we went and like I, I hugged her and I was like crying. Um, and I called the the lawyer and I told him and he's like, "Oh, they they dropped it." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Look, I, I'm gonna be honest. All I did was call the DA, like the ADA rather, the assistant district attorney. I told him like we had done this already. You know, like this was tried in Brooklyn and." Now you're bringing it up in Queens. It makes no sense. He's like, I didn't know if they were going to look into it, if they would have had time to look into it today. I guess they did. And he's like, it's congratulations. You're good to go. He's like, save that letter. And I was like, I definitely will. I took a picture of it. I framed it, you know, and I'm like, I'm I'm glad, you know, it's it's over, you know, but it's something that sucks, you know, it's something that I wouldn't wish upon anybody. And it's something that, you know, I didn't think I, once I finished that, I didn't think I'd have to go through it again, but I did. And, uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. Well, at least that second go round was, you know, I mean, you learned from the first one. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Fuck, at least you didn't spend a couple days in there again. I can't even imagine how, man, that would just be fucking terrible. Though, I, I will say this. I would stop short at blowing a cop before <laughs> I ever, like, before I'd be like, yo, and is there anything I can do to not get arrested? You know, anything like it's it, it I, I just like it's not worth it. Like it is such a like and I, again, like I don't know how the process works in other places. Right. But to, like in Brooklyn, that place was disgusting, man. Like and and that, like and I don't know what 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 can be done to remedy it. Right. Like but it, it's it's quite it's like it's it, it's almost like what can we do to to remedy this you know like i and i can't fathom like I, I don't have the answers because i like nobody should be put in those conditions you know yeah it sounds dehumanizing it is it's very dehumanizing but again like that's the system of justice that we have in new york city you know and and i, I don't know you know like i i went from very naive to very like well now i gotta watch what i say and what i do um you know because I can't trust that a detective is going to do his job or a district attorney is going to do their job or whatever. I, I've, I'm, I'm now that much more knowledgeable. And it sucked that I had to go through what I had to go through to know that. And it sucks that I should have to know that, right? Like, because we, we, I guess we live in New York City and there's so many things going on that no one has the time to investigate these things. That's why you see that, like, 
the S like Law and Order SVU and all these cop shows or whatever. That's not what really happens, right? And it, it took like me going through that to realize that like there are there like people are not gonna take their time to like investigate these cases thoroughly like that. They're going like the simplest solution solution is the one that is the answer as opposed to like looking into it and actually investigating and and you know putting in the work. So I don't know, man. It was uh. It was, yeah, I'm um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm listening. <laughs> nah, man. I, look, I, I would say this. I, I love New York City. Just, I would never get arrested in New York City again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But it, it did change my perspective because uh, before then, I had never, like, smoked weed or, like, done any of that because I was, like, I was straight and narrow, man. And I'll tell you that, after I... After I went through this, I was like, you know what? Like, let me try it. You know, and I, I tried weed <laughs> for the first time. You know, I was like, you know, I'm like, fuck, you know? <laughs> you came out, a, you came out more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you came out, and you're like, fuck, I need to try some things now. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jo changed me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm glad everything turned out in the end for you, man. And you know, it sounds like you learned some good lessons out of it. Man, hard learned. Yeah. Fuck that. Definitely fuck that, man. Fuck it hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to take a quick break? Sure, man. I was just going to ask you for one. Nice. Okay. All right, and we're back. That was well needed. Yeah, I I agree. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, one of the things that that I'd meant to bring up earlier that didn't come up was when we were kind of talking about like the the different issues that are kind of you get blasted on if you try and talk about them right now. Yeah. Where do you stand on like the whole like pronouns thing? I, I just don't even refer to people, bro. Like, I, like if 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 you if you try to explain to me your pronouns, I'm just like, okay, like I like I I will do my best to not directly talk to you, you know, like um, and and that's you know I I I completely respect the fact of what you identify with. That's fine. You identify yourself as that, right? But if I, like I just won't use pronouns. I'll just call you by your name. You know, like, and, and that's that, like, they, like, no. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things where it's like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if I give my opinion that like, I come off like a real asshole (laughs) cause it's like, I, I respect people's right to do whatever, but don't fucking beat me up because I, I, I said, I said the wrong pronoun. I said he, when it should have been she or whatever the fuck ever, like the, like the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing, like really blew my fucking mind. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't like, like it's, it's one thing to be an asshole and like, not, and say like someone has, someone doesn't have the right to like do 
what they feel is necessary. You know, because at that point, like, you feel like you need to completely change yourself because you don't see yourself as a man. You see yourself as a woman. Fine, right? Like, you have every right to do that. But, like, if, if, if and when I have to refer to you as he, she, they, whatever, I mess up, like, you're not going to crucify me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not. And if you do, like, I'm not going to care. You know, like, and again, I guess this comes down to, like, where it's like, all right, well, I, I, I grew up differently or, like, I, you know, I feel like maybe it's not that much of a big deal. You know, like, once I start saying, like, I don't want you, like, you shouldn't be hired anywhere because you're different. Or, you know, like, you, you know, you don't deserve the same basic rights that we all get. Like, yeah, that's where it crosses a line. Yeah, you know, like, um, I think the bigger issue I thought was, like, that whole toilet situation. You know, like, uh, whether uh, transgender women or women who identify, uh, or rather men who identify themselves as women would be able to, like, be allowed to use women's bathrooms, you know, and or, like, in school, you know, would, like, that to me was the bigger issue. Like, if you're coming to me about pronouns, like, I'm just going to be like, whatever, you know, like, dude, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it's just one of those things with, like, the modern culture that it it fucking blows my mind. That that's the that's the thing that people that's the hill that people want to die on. Yeah, <laughs> the the whole he she thing, and it's like, but I mean, I'd understand if, like you were saying, if it's coming from a place of you know, like harassment or something like that, that's different. But I mean, if you just casually say it wrong, it's like, yeah, it just seems silly to me. Um, yeah, I mean, like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like, almost, like, I'm at a point where it's, like, unless, like, I'm completely comfortable with you, like, I I probably, like, I would just hold off from, like, cracking a joke or, like, commenting on on how you look, right? Like, um, even to the point where, like, if, if I'm at work and someone changes their hair or, like, you know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone saying, oh you know, you change your hair, it looks nice, right? I, but I, would, I wouldn't say it out of fear of, like, I don't want this person interpreting that as something that, you know, is, like, either I'm hitting on them or, I, like, I'm, like, they feel uncomfortable with it. I, just, I don't even bother. Like, I, I'll be like, whatever, you know, like. It is one boy. of those things better just left unsaid then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, you know, and, and again, like, like, I don't, I, I, and you know what, like, I think we've become too sensitive, you know, like, yes, like way too sensitive. And I know no one, uh, a lot of people, even in the army don't agree with me. Right. Uh, and won't agree with me, but like, like you can't say, um, we have to be like attentive to people, to how people feel on certain things, but like, shit on them if they get too sensitive on other things like like in the army like let's say all right i'll give you an example like if someone cracks a joke on someone else right like in a podcast or whatever and then they take they get offended like they take offense to that like we would be like you're being overly sensitive you know like that the, you know the army members are who they are 
You know, like they, we crack jokes on one another. You know, like I, like earlier today, I, you know, I was, I, I think I, I don't know how many memes I used to demonstrate to Jared to fuck off, right? But <laughs> like, right? And and he, you know, he, you know, it was like he was poking fun at me or whatever. But I, it's not like I think Jared's a bad guy. He's just cracking a joke. Like we crack jokes. Like that's that. You know. It doesn't mean that I hate the individual. It doesn't mean that they hate me. It's just, that's just how it is. You know, you're, you you can't be overly sensitive. And the same with this. It's like, if I say something and like, you don't like it or you don't agree with it, that's fine. You don't have to. But that doesn't, that doesn't make me inherently a bad person. It just means that I see things differently and I, I look at things differently. And, but, you know, apparently like it's either you're completely on board or fuck off. And again, that's the wrong attitude to have, you know, like it really is. I don't know. Yeah, I well, I know when the the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing was going on, I probably pissed people off online <laughs> because I remember like reading some of these stories and headlines and like just getting like mad. And it's like I forgot. The, the, did, didn't. Didn't Caitlyn Jenner win an ESPY for like Woman of the Year or yeah, something yeah, like that? I think it was, like, are was, you fucking kidding me? Like, feminists should have been up in arms about yeah, that. Yeah, like it, 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 that was a big topic, and I was like, look, man, like, like there, there are plenty, and I'm not saying that down the line she shouldn't have won it, right? I'm saying. That she shouldn't have won it for doing what she did, which was, com- you know, going the whole way and completely transforming to Caitlyn. Yeah, like, do you think that getting that award was it was more just that's how far the pendulum swung that so many people were like, look at how liberal we are that we're going to embrace this. Do you think, think it was almost like a because what do they call the virtue signaling? Yeah, I, it's it, it definitely wasn't over like reaction to like, all right, well, we have to be accepting of this. Cause if we're not accepting at this, then we're looked at as unaccepting, right? Or rather not even accepting, because I think that's a bad term, but if like, we're not completely and utterly supportive of this situation, then we're, we're completely against it. Yeah, and, that's what it seems like that you're accused of either being black or white on the issue. And it's like yeah. shit like that. There's a lot of gray. Yeah, it, it definitely, there definitely is. And, you know, it's it's sad that, again, because we, like, and I don't know when it changed, when it became, when we became a society that we couldn't ask questions or have a discussion or respect each other's, like, stance on, on certain issues, you know, like, and, and I, I say this, and, and, you know, we try, like, I know in the army we're very, like, you know, no politics or whatever, and I think that's a very important rule, but I think even as a country, like, I think this election showed us very much so that we're not all on the same page, right? And I don't think that's anyone's fault. Like, it definitely ain't my fault, right? But I have to understand as a New Yorker living in New York City, I'm not exposed to the things that someone in, like, Idaho or, uh, you know, Washington, Seattle, Washington. Like, I experience life very differently. You know, and, and we, we, we brush on down like the dating aspect of things, but life in general, like I'm exposed to a bunch of different things in New York City that other people are not allotted to. And they, they, they may, you know, like that's that's life. So 
I'm I'm not gonna be the I'm not gonna be fucked up enough to say their opinion is not valid. Of course, it's valid. They're you know they ha- they're expressing their views and their life from their aspect, which is definitely not my aspect. And I have to understand that I can't. And and I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people shut their eyes to that, you know. And and they say like, well, you know, if you're not thinking this way, then you're completely setting back the the country. I was like. The country's pretty back there already. We need to instead of like yeah, right. ba- yeah, yeah, we instead of bashing people, we need to try to get them to where we're at. You know, and how do we do that? You know, like Yeah. As opposed I mean, to like go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say that I've always been like a really liberal person for the most part. But I felt like towards the end of Obama's administration, like the pendulum swung so deep into crazy liberal that I mean, it, it was it, it, you. You were just watching like the left eat itself. It was like they, there were so many people just clambering to be on top of the. You know, I'm more virtuous than everybody. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's. I think that's how we ended up with Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you it, know? It, it's 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 true, man. Like it, it, you, like you, you could almost see it. Like, like. I guess when it first happened, everyone was like, what the fuck, right? (laughs) But I think now you're able to see the progression of how we got here. Like, we we didn't, it it didn't just, like, happen. Like, we got here, this was a long time coming, man. Like, and, and, you know, I didn't think it was going to be Trump. uh, But I I, I was almost certain we were going to have a Republican president. You know, like, I, 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 I saw that coming way down. You know, and I'm not against, I'm not completely against the Republican Party. You know, like, my, one of my favorite shows, man, one of my favorite shows is The West Wing. Like, th- like I love Aaron Sorkin. Fuck can that man write, yo. <laughs> that, have, you, have you seen it, Joe? No, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it. I'm, I'm a little familiar with it, but I don't know if I've ever watched a full episode. Do yourself a favor. It's on Netflix, man. Watch watch the show you will fall in love with that show that show is so fucking good and so relevant i i, I put a i put a, a video a clip of one of the episodes um on my on my facebook page today i maybe i'll put it on the army page or i'll send it to you in a messenger and i'm like fuck even even now the shit that's being talked that was talked about on the show that aired in the late 90s early 2000s is still relevant is relevant now even more so than it was back then, you know. And it's you, you, you. If if you fail to try to understand the other side, then you're never like you. You're there. Always going to be two sides. We're never going to unite, you know. And 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 that's the problem, man. Like it, again, and it's either like you're with us or you're against us, man. Fuck that. You know? I I don't believe that at all, you know, because I saw. I, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I live in a city where 9-11 happened. And, you know, as New Yorkers in general, we tend to be aggressive to one another, you know, like, but when, what I saw when that happened, you know, it was a city united. It didn't matter w- where you were from, like cops, firemen, everyone in solidarity united, you know, and, and felt the same way and mourned and... And was scared and, you know, like, 
everything is stripped away. You know, you're you're just a human. You know, and I think that we need to we need to get there. We need to get to a certain level of understanding where we're not all like trying to kill each other over these itty bitty things that ultimately like don't change that you're a person and you're a human. And I hope that you're in, in a, a good person, you know, where you stand on gun control or, you know, you know, other issues shouldn't matter, but like, can I buy you a beer? Like, let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about how, let's talk about the fucking uh, the, how shitty the Pats are, or how much you hate the Yankees. You know, like, <laughs> like we, we everything doesn't have to be a political fucking landmine. You know, like we oh, can yeah. have fun. You know. Yeah, I mean, because it does feel like the discourse is just really broken down between certain groups of people that are on the extreme ends. Mm. Um, I, I remember having a conversation with this guy and I just, I couldn't relate to him. He was sticking up for the, that, uh, Kentucky court clerk that was not issuing the, the marriage license to the gay couples. Oh, uh, okay. Cause she was saying that it was against her religion, even though she was on like her fourth marriage. <laughs> and so I was saying to the guy, I was like, you don't find that just like patently hypothetical and she's just cherry picking out of the bible well we don't know what's in her heart and i'm like oh i like i can't even talk to you dude <laughs> like if you're like refusing to just see the reality of a situation that this lady is just a piece of shit who's using her position to just advance her own fucking bigotry that she feels fuck that the the i have a low bar really all you have to do is just be nice to people if you're yeah. nice to people like you're going to get along with me just fine. You know, you and, know, and again, like, honestly speaking, man, we don't ever have to talk politics. Like, we don't have to talk where you stand on, on most, like, no, where you stand. But in general, in general, morally speaking, you know certain things are wrong. You know, like, you know, like, to me, and, I, and maybe it's growing up in the hood, right? But, like, I mind my business. Like if you if you're if it brings you joy to date someone of the same sex, that's your that's your business. And I'm Catholic, right? I like that's do your thing. I don't care. Like that that doesn't bother me. Does that mean that I'm gonna stand and cheer you on or like no, I don't cheer on straight relationships, you know, like, like <laughs> you know, like I, I, I like I, I like this this like no, you know, like that's my place and like you know, like it's it's a weird, and and maybe it's just like my like attitude, or like like again, like my the way I grew up. That's not my like place. You know, like I'm not like I like like I had this discussion with with a uh, with a friend of mine. Like I I'm I like I hate when I see someone, um, like I don't like public displays of affection, right? Like I don't like watching it. Like I I don't like watching my friends make out with their girlfriends or boyfriends. I don't like seeing any like. I feel like that's uncomfortable. Like, I don't need to be here. Like, get a room. You get me? Like, whatever. So there was this uh, this gay couple, two guys, and they were making out. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, I don't want to see that. And then, like, my friend was like, what? Like, are you homophobic? I'm like, no. I was like, it could have been two girls making out. And I probably would have been like, yeah, I don't want to see that. Like, that's uncomfortable. You know, like, it, live and in person, like, why would anyone want to watch two other people make out? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, 
that's not my thing. You know, like even when I'm in a relationship, I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm very like, like cognizant of like not making people uncomfortable with like making out or like doing things in public. I think that that's weird. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm off. Yeah. No, no. I think a lot of people feel that way. And and I agree with you. I mean, that is kind of a, I don't know, especially when you actually see people like full on making out or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, sometimes you can see interactions between people that'll be like fucking scarring. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get carnies that come up your way? No. Okay. So (laughs) do you know what carnies are? Like carnival people? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when I was a kid, and this happens a lot in rural Iowa, is that they'll have like a little, almost like a town fair or whatever, and it'll usually go on from like Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal. And there'll be like little rides set up and, you know, little booths, you know, where you throw a dart like at balloons or something like that and win a shitty little prize. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger... We were walking through the one in Center Point where I grew up, and we watched these two fat carnies getting it on. <laughs> and the one dude was like reaching down the back of the carny lady's pants and going all the way back and under. Oh, it dude. was one of the most horrifying fucking things I've ever seen. To where when I think of like personal di- or like public displays of affection, I think of those those two big fat gnarly carnies getting it on and the guy going for it from the back. Ugh. Just horrifying. just ride the train, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, no. late night, like uh, uh, the the L train, about one a.m., two a.m. Uh, on a Saturday night or Friday night. Definitely, you see some weird shit going on, man. Like, you don't need carnies up here. These are just normal. These are New York City normal <laughs> people. Like, they'll rival whatever carny shit you got going on over there. <laughs> And, you know, like, and, and again, like, again, th- I guess this adapts, this helps me adapt to, like, you know, like, people are different. Like, I, I am exposed to these things, right? Like, cool. I mind my business. I keep it, you know, I keep my my day going forward. You know, do I share the same wants and desires and, and things that you like? No. But enjoy them, right? As long as it doesn't affect me. Like, as long as, like, you're not, like, you're... You're not trying to stab me with a heroin needle that you have. I'm gonna be fine. I'm just gonna keep on moving with my day, you know. And and I think people like fail to comprehend that that's perfectly fine. You know, like it's fine if you don't want to like stand up and and fight for something that you're not, you know, a part of. You know, and and not, as as long as you don't prevent it right or or stop it you know like i like it's it's not something that i want to to somehow champion um because i don't i don't think anyone does right like i don't like if you're not if this isn't something that affects you and maybe i'm wrong right but like if it's not something that directly affects you then you're not really going out of your way to be like, all right, well, I have to stand up for this, right? Like a perfect example, I think, was um, they said that free, like, like they were offering free college in New York City now, right? Like in in, in New York City you're able, or New York City, I think uh, they now you could go to college for free, right? If you met certain criteria, right? 
And in my mind, I'm like, fuck everybody because I didn't get free college. So fuck them. They should pay for free college. I mean, they should pay for college. You know, like that's my stance. And I wouldn't cheer for free college because like that's not something that that benefits me. Now, granted, I think if I had kids, my perspective would be completely different. But again, I'm not going to cheer for something that, again, doesn't affect me because I don't have kids. You get me? Like, do I? Yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah uh, so god damn I th- you know like you were saying that it's just regular people <laughs> like I'll yeah. see weird carnies but it's just regular people for you what's like some of the craziest shit you've ever seen like like in the city there that you'd be it on the subway or, or whatever well I'll give you like just this earlier this week I was uh, I was on the train and uh, it was not, nothing crazy, but it's just an example of like, again, this is rush hour. People are going to work. Train is pretty like packed. I, out of nowhere, this guy slaps, a, I guess, a teenager right across the fucking head. Like just out of nowhere, like across the head. And I don't know if they had an altercation before I started looking at them, but he just slaps them. And then the teenager goes to choke this guy out, right? And in my mind, right, and this is how fucked up I guess it is living in New York City. All I'm thinking is, you motherfuckers better not make this train delayed. Because if I'm late to work because you fuckers want to fight, I might fight with you guys. You know, like, it's it's weird, man. Like, it, it really is like, this is a daily occurrence, you know, and... and Weird shit happens. I've seen naked people on the train. On every, how does ha- that happen? Because the cops are bullshit. You know, like, <laughs> like there, there, what, what, there, what there is a great deal of in New York City, and the trains are emotionally disturbed people, right? Like people talking to themselves, people like, and a lot of homeless people out. You know, like self medicating. They're they're all over the train and they'll come in on one station and they'll start like speaking to themselves loudly or like talking about like trying to preach the word like they're they're just off. Right. But a cop like they won't stop them like they won't like, I guess, escort them off or like try to get them to like. I guess a homeless shelter or whatever, like they'll just ignore it or try to like not to deal with it. Like I remember being uh, on the subway platform and then there was a guy that was clearly like out of it. Like, I don't know if he, he was high or like, that's just how he was, but he was like, he was close to the edge and he was like, like, like bobbing back and forth. And I'm like, fuck, this guy's going to fall in. Right. And I go to the cops and I'm, and they're looking at him. And I'm like, yo, you guys aren't going to do anything? And they're like, what, well, what do you want us to do? And I'm like, you know, like get him off the fucking edge of the, like, edge of the, the, the fucking train. And I guess a part of me was like, I don't want him to fall in and then the trains get delayed, right? <laughs> like, that's my, always my main concern, right? Like, I'm like, I don't want the trains to get delayed. Like, you know, and, and again, but also like, like these people need help, right? And they're not going to find it in the train. You know, like, they, they need to be, you know, addressed. They need to be given some type of assistance. But, yeah. you know, 
It's weird, man. What we do have... I was going to say, that's one of those things that got fucked up in the 80s where they kind of cut the funding to all those different mental institutions and they just turned them all out onto the streets and it's been a problem ever since. Yeah, but apparently from what I've been told, I think during the Giuliani administration or even the Bloomberg administration, uh, when they were mayors in New York City, they would give a bunch of homeless people, like they would put them on a bus and ship them off to Jersey. And give them money. Like, they would give them, like, spending money, and they would take them to Jersey. What, and then just leave them there? Yeah. Oh, my God. So they're just, like, exporting homeless people? Yes. This is... That's uh, fucked. That's got to be a dirty secret. Yeah, that, that's from... That's something I was told. I don't know how true it is. Maybe I... You know, and it's a symbol of just maybe, maybe like, Googling that shit. But that, that's what I was told. I haven't even bothered, like, looking into it. But it sounds about right, because... Now, more than ever, you see a bunch of fucking, like, a bunch of homeless people on the street now. Like, a hundred times more than you saw before. Like, laid out everywhere. And, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's sad. It, it's very, very sad, you know, because we, we don't have the resources to help all these people. And some of them just don't want to be helped. They want to stay where they're at. So... Yeah, I I see them all over Cedar Rapids now, and when I was a kid, I'd never see them, and now you can see them at almost every busy intersection. Uh, They'll be sitting there with like their cardboard sign asking for you know anything you can give or whatever. See, Fuck, I remember I see this one guy all the time. He'd, he'd see his bike leaning against the fence, and he'd have like a chair that he was sitting on. <laughs> it's like Jesus, dude. <laughs> there's a uh, see, and I like you know, and and. During those, like I, I'll give money like to someone like that, right? And then you know, you even see some women sitting down there with like their children, um, like their their kids there, and you know, like you feel bad, so you you know you give money. There's this one group of kids though, right? That we have on on, on some trains that they pop in and they'll come in with like a boombox or like a little radio, and uh. They'll yell out showtime, right? And then what they'll try to do is like clear out like the middle of the train and throw on like this little dance fucking routine that they have. And all I want, like everything I wish for, and it's only happened once, right? Is when they're doing this routine for the train to like break hard and (laughs) wanted them to fucking break their face. Like, (laughs) because what they do, right? Like, like and you and you have to understand and, and maybe I'm just like it's it's like I'm just my soul is just black at this point. But like <laughs> when you're going to work or when you're coming back from work, right? Like you're tired, man. If you're able to get a seat, you're lucky. You know, you're very very lucky. But most times you're standing and you're standing in a crowded train. And if you're gonna come in here and you're gonna start shoving people, making it more crowded so that you can have space to dance. Eat a bag of dicks. Like, yeah. fuck all you. Like, I, no. You know, like, and, and like, they, they'll come. And there have been times when they've tried to move me, and I'm like, I'm not moving. Like, where am I moving to? Like, for what? I said, you're not going to get this dollar out of me. Like, you're, you're, like, no, I don't support this. Not at all. You know, and, and that's the shit that sucks. And, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Th- those are the things that you see on the train, right? Like, it's a normal train ride. In New York City, um, and I guess to a tourist, that may be cool, right? If you visit New York City and 
you know, you're on the train and you're treated to like a dance show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that's a story you go back and tell yeah, in like fucking Oklahoma or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> you know, but to a New Yorker, you're like, like they're already like, fuck these people, man. fuck these kids, man. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's, you know, it, it, it shows you just how different, you know, like perspective is. Because there's no way you ever get me to, to say, I think these Showtime kids are an asset to New York City. Uh, yeah. Not at all. <laughs> when you first brought that up on the train, it immediately made me think of that scene from the movie Kids with the guy that doesn't no have any legs. legs. With the whole yeah. <laughs> Yo, I think that movie, honestly speaking, I think that movie should be shown in every fucking high school, man, for sex ed. That, oh, yeah. That is That's fucking truth. dark, dude. That movie gets yeah. dark. Fuck, man. Like, I, like you feel like, you're like, oh, man, damn, that's some crazy shit, yo. Yeah, that's one of those movies that makes you feel icky when you're done watching yeah. it. But you know what? Like, man, it, it attacks issues. Man. And that kid, what's his name? Uh, Telly, right? That's the kid that, that yeah. has AIDS and gives it to the to the girl. Um, yeah, Chloe Savigny. Yeah, yeah, her. Um when he's when he starts talking when when he's monologuing in the beginning and he's like virgins I love virgins I'm like fuck yo like you never see him like that was a very raw like real movie man like yeah that was fucked up for a mid nineties yeah. movie dude way fucked up um they said they they released there was a movie that came out um and they were like pushing it as this generation's kids. Right, and I think it was called the White Girl or White Girl or some shit like that. Um, I didn't bother watching it. I couldn't. It was filmed in 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 my neighborhood too, apparently. Um, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, and it was supposed to be like this, like the same concept. But like, I don't need this generation's kids, man. I think kids holds up perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like, what what more do you need? Like, this is a a tragic story of a girl. Who has unprotected unprotected sex for the first time with a guy, and ha- gets AIDS while her friend, who is sexually promiscuous, doesn't like she has a clean bill of health. You know, like that's crazy to me. Like, and it shows you just how easy things can happen. You know, and just how dark this world could be. And I, I damn, I'm, I had no idea you seen kids, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, how did a movie like that feel? Like, because I, I assume you watched that when you were, you know, when it came out in like the mid '90s or something like yeah. that. What was that like? Being that, I mean, like, did that movie feel very familiar at all? Like, with the way that that it portrayed life for kids in the city and stuff. Well, like again, like I, growing up in in Brooklyn, Bushwick, I wasn't really in the city that often. Like, if I were to be in the city at that time, it would be like with my parents or whatever, and it wouldn't be like in Washington Square Park, uh, skateboarding or whatever. Like, it was just a different group of people. But, like, to see that, like, uh, the Rosario Dawson character, like, the way she's being portrayed, like, that was very true of the time. Like, a very Puerto Rican, like, loud. um, You know, like, you're... you're, You relate to that, you know? And um, But, again, definitely my... And I don't know if it's, like, again, a culture thing, but, like, my... Growing up, like, I wasn't out in the streets... Like, during the day, like, I was very, like, go to school and come back home, you know, because the neighborhood is bad, you know. Um, it wasn't until I was, like, 17, 18 where I was going out, 
you know, like, and, and staying out. And that was mostly with, like, my group of church friends. Um, so, again, I wasn't exposed to all of that. Um, again, like, I did, I smoked weed for the first time, I think, when I was 26. <laughs> so <laughs> That's better that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and honestly speaking, like, uh, like, I don't see the fascination with weed. Like, all weed does is make me go to sleep. <laughs> Like, I get really (laughs) tired and I just go to sleep. Like, it doesn't really do anything to me. But Kids was like, like, it it was a very powerful movie. Like, and I, like, when I saw it for the first time, I'm like, fuck, you know, like, this is, like, this is real life, you know? It it may not have been real life for me, but it's definitely real life for some people who are exposed to these things. You know, like, I I, I never had, like, those hookie parties where they were, like, um, huffing, um, I never had, no, I wasn't exposed to any of that, but like the principles of like having the unprotected sex, um, the violence in the park, the way these people acted, like that's very, that was very true of the time in New York city. Um, and, and, you know, it, it again, it, like not many people have seen kids. Like it's very rare that you run into that, like that, that, you know, that group of people that have, you know, and, uh, and I think most people from New York, like in my age group have seen it or older have seen it, but I don't think that people younger than me have seen that movie. Like, and it's sad. And I, I tell people to, to watch it, but like a lot of people younger than me don't, don't have the attention span or like don't have the patience for that movie because they think it doesn't relate to them where it's the true. I think right now, I think it's, one of the movies that everyone should be watching because sex is not a game, right? And when you open yourself or when you get intimate with someone like that, there are things that can happen, you know? And and if you're not cognizant of that, then you're playing with fire and it can alter your life in many ways. So I, I think, you know, I, I love that movie. I Every time, like, I, like I'm talking to a, a teen or whatever, I'm like, watch kids, man. Like, watch kids. Or if you're with someone or whatever, like, watch kids. Because that's, you know, you you will see how easily it is to, to like, make a decision to completely change your life. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, disturbing movie, but I totally agree with you. I mean, it, sh- it bears watching. Like, okay. especially for the younger folks. Cause- yeah. I mean, again, I, 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 the truest thing I've said is that I think that movie should be shown in, in every school, like for like sex ed, like that should be required watching. <laughs> Just imagining <laughs> what other horrible shit could rub off on kids from that movie. <laughs> I um, I like kid, like kids not like the definitely like teens growing up now, they're not really exposed to like shit. And, it, and like, it's, it's weird. Like I, I'm like, I'm involved with a youth group. Right. And not like, I'm not as involved in it as I was before. Um, but you know, every now and then I like stop in or whatever. So like they had a movie night once and they were like, you know, they asked me what movie do I think that they should watch? And I was like, well, um, have you guys seen first Bueller's day off? And they're like, no, we like, we never even heard of that movie. I'm like, are you fucking oh, kidding wow. me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you have to watch this movie. And let me tell you, they fucking loved the movie, man. Like, loved. And, like, as I was watching the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, you're broken inside if you didn't love Ferris Bueller's Day Yeah. Off. 
and then like I'm watching this movie and then I'm like, fuck, man, this is a lot racier. Like, because again, the, like the, the age group, that I think is like from 13 to like 17, 18. I'm like, fuck, this is a lot racier. And I, I, I had like, I recall, right? Because I remember for, you know, like, I remember it, but I, you know, like there were scenes that I'm like, oh shit. Like, oh yeah. Because some of those 80s movies, especially like an 80s PG-13 could be very. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but they loved it. Um, and then like, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, what you know, watch it straight through because towards the end, the like for the credits, like they, you know, you still see the principal, um, all messed up, like because <laughs> gets dog picked up on the dead. bus. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> and then you have the post-credit scene, right, with Matthew Broderick, where he's like, "You're still here, yeah. get out of here." <laughs> um, and then they're like, "Oh shit, Deadpool!" I'm like, "No, not Deadpool, man!" Like. This is where Deadpool got this from. Oh shit, Deadpool. I'm like, no, like you have to educate yourself. Yeah, it was the, but it's the best feeling, right? Because, you know, like then like they, they appreciated something that you grew up appreciating, you know, and it's, again, I, again, I was born in 84, so I wasn't watching First Beauty when it came out, right? I, but I saw it. Um, on what, what we have the the channel that used to always show those movies that Bloodsport, fucking uh, that that movie with Dolph Lundgren, I think it's called I Come in Peace or some shit like that. <laughs> um, it's like they had these old movies that they would show over and over and over again. Um, and I think Sunday was movies all day, like all day, and and that's how I was exposed to them. So. You know, to be able to share that with them, I think it's pretty awesome. But I think you have to, I think it's, there's something to be said by having, like, forcing them to sit down and watch it. Or, like, like telling them, like, look, just give it two hours. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, like, there's nothing I can do about it. But focus on it for two hours. Let me, you know, and then if you don't enjoy it, whatever. You know, like, we're clearly built differently. But for the most part, like, <laughs> I think it's, you know, good is good. And I think that, that, that that there's something to be said that first Bueller and other movies will always stand the test of time, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The characters and the situations in that movie are just too good. Yeah. <laughs> that that does stand the test of time. <laughs> that That's, that's one movie I hope they never touch. Like they never remake. They never try to make a sequel. Oh, that'd be fucking horrifying if yeah. they tried to do a, a reboot of Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah. Like I, I, I would like again. There are not many movies like Back to the Future. I think it's like one of those first viewless day off. Um, what other movie do I absolutely like? I think it's hands off. I would have said Jumanji, but they fucking did it anyway. Um, but I heard it's really good. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Um. Yeah, Matt Kirby was just telling me that on 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 Saturday. Yeah, um, fuck, I can't think of any other movie that I would be like, no, don't touch it, leave it alone. <laughs> I know that's kind of one of those ones where it's like you got to wait till it comes, yeah. and you're almost kind of like, oh, I don't want to know what it's gonna be. <laughs> like, I can't believe they redid Point Break. Yeah. He's like, what? What the fuck did you go and do that for? I mean, granted, like I watched like the behind the scenes uh, featurettes on how they filmed the stunts in it because it's like, okay, that shit looked really fucking cool, but it, it, I didn't need that to be Point Break, you know? 
you you know <laughs> whenever I think of Point Break, there's a show on Netflix called uh, Love Sick. Um, it used to be Scrotal Recall. I think. So, <laughs> okay, I've heard Brian talk about. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. I think Brian and I are like the only ones that I know on the on the in the LAP like watch it. There's a there's an episode where one of the characters is explaining to another character uh, the movie Point Break, and he literally goes like scene by scene, and like they fast forward, <laughs> like they fast forward to like the the, the character that's that the movie's being explained to starts off like with disinterest, but by the end, right, you see him in tears, like crying. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> like, it ends with Patrick Swayze, like, dying. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, look, I love Lovesick. I think that show is hilarious, man. It, the premise is amazing. And, like, the actors are great. Uh, like, it's, it's, I, I don't know how to, how to put it. Like, there are not a lot of shows that I'm like, all right, I'll push, right? Uh, one is is definitely uh, lovesick. The West Wing, um, Parks and Rec, um, One Day at a Time. But One Day at a Time, I think, hits home more so for people like from a Latin background, um, especially like the Caribbean, um, like Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, uh, Cuba, because they grew up in that that household and it, it's more focused towards that. But it's still a hilarious show. Uh, Jared loves the show, uh, and and you know he, you know he's not he's not from that background. And it's overall a good show. But I think it's it. I guess you relate to it more if you're from that background. But by all means, like it's definitely not a show that that uh, excludes a bunch of people. It's a great show. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, Newsroom, which I love, um, and The Night Of. Everything else, I think people are more in general, like like Game of Thrones, shit like that. Like, everyone already knows about it and watches it. But, like, those are the shows that when I bring up to people, that they haven't really heard about it or, like, don't haven't went out of their way to watch it. But, like, great shows, man, and, and great things. And, I mean, of course, it's Doctor Who, but everybody loves Doctor Who, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember... Um, I, so I was first exposed to Doctor Who, I remember, like, years and years ago, but, like, I'd never really watched it, but I'd heard people talk about it saying it was good. And then it fell off my radar for a long time, and then it was getting discussed on the Leftover Army page. And so I asked, I was like, well, where would you you know, where, where would they even jump in? And, um, and Frank Hammer told me, you know, you got to watch the episode blank. And, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of a, almost a, a standalone and you can really get a good feel for the series off of that one episode. And that episode blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Like it was really good. And it, it's on my agenda to watch at some point. It just needs to get to the point where I actually have time to watch a TV show. All right. So let me, let me cool down the the anticipation, I guess, for it. Before you get to Blink, right? Because Blink, it, by far, like is my favorite episode of the series. I think it it's it's well written, and again, one of the rare episodes that you can just watch without knowing, having to know like who the Doctor is, what he does, or whatever. 
it really doesn't focus on him. It's about the individuals that that like are experiencing it. Um, but I, the first time I saw Doctor Who, uh, I was here with a friend, and he was mentioning it or whatever. And I was like, "Look, I'm bored. There's nothing on TV. If you want, throw on Netflix." And he threw on Netflix, and he put on the episode that he was on. Um, like he was up to on on his like re like in his watch like, so I was like, all right, and it was it, it it dealt with the Daleks, which are these fucking tin cans, or at least I thought I was like, what the fuck, this is so stupid, you know, like <laughs> he can outrun these things, like it's this is this show is dumb, right? He's like, all right, like this is what you gotta do, like watch the first season. If if you don't if you don't like the first season, then it, it, the show is just not for you, right? So I said, all right, whatever. If I have nothing else to do, I'll watch it. So ultimately, one Saturday, I had nothing to do. I threw on the the new series, I guess, because you, you start from the the Ninth Doctor. Um, because or like, if you're not, then you're going back to like the '90s or the '80s with those episodes. But like, no one like of the people that watch now, we we really just start from 2005 on, right? So the first episode in the revamp of Doctor Who um, in series one of the new, I guess the new series, like the new, like continuity. It's an episode where he, he fights mannequins, right? (laughs) It's the dumbest shit you've ever seen. Like you have to fight (laughs) through that. Like you have to fight through maybe the first four episodes or five episodes of of Doctor Who, like, but it, like, like, if you're, if you get through it, if you say, right, I'm accepting these premises, right, then it be, then you start appreciating it for just how good it's written, and just how, like, good the actors are, like, like, portraying this universe to you that ultimately has no boundaries, and it, it's, it's really, really fucking amazing, and I, like I fell in love, like I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, damn, this is good. Like, this is good writing. Like, you know, like you're, it's no one's dumbing it down for you. Like, they're like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I like when I like dialogue, right? I, I don't like. I, I'm weird like that. I while I love popcorn movies, I love dialogue. Like that's why I like Sorkin. Um, I think Kevin Smith is like really good at dialogue, if nothing else. Um, yeah, uh, and and at at the time Davies was the showrunner of Doctor Who, and I loved how he wrote the fucking the series. I you know I thought it was great. As of late, I wasn't a fan of like the new showrunner uh, Moffat. Um, and it's you know like I had to fight through that as well because I I I loved the series for what it could be. Um, and not everything was bad, but I, you know, I thought for the most part, the majority of it, you know, could have been better. Um, and now he's left and now we have a new doctor, which is a woman, right? Finally, the doctor is a woman, right? This is big news, apparently. (laughs) Um, but I'm also like, I guess when people are reacting like, this is great, like, it's awesome. She's going to be great. I'm more of like, well, let's see what she does. Like, I'm not going to give her like an uh, like a golden globe right now 
because she's a woman. Like, if she sucks, she sucks. It has no, yeah, like, it's no bearing if she's a woman or not. If she doesn't, if she's not acting well, if she's not bringing life to that character, then it doesn't matter whether she's a woman or a man. She's just a bad actor, you know, so. I don't know. And, but I, again, that was one side of an argument where I'm bringing up, like, hey, you know, like, do we have to, like, like, are, why are we singing her praises if we haven't seen her act a single word, like, of, of script yet? Like, what are we doing? You know, like, let's, let's, let's tame our, like, expectations. Let's see what she brings. And if she kills it, fuck it, man, let's go. You know, but if she sucks, then, you gotta say she sucks. It doesn't matter. Like you can't be scared to say she sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with the actress, so um, I've seen like the pictures and everything. Uh, Jodie Whittaker, I believe her name is. Um, I haven't seen anything that she was in, um, or maybe I have and I hadn't noticed. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. But uh, they they got me. You know. <laughs> you're watching regardless yeah like much like <laughs> much like 24 in the late seasons i'm like i'm already in you know you, you've already got you know me hooked so <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. well that's probably a good place to wrap it up dude yeah just hit the three hour mark fuck me seriously <laughs> yeah <laughs> how about that <laughs> oh god joe you should have been like yo bernie shut the fuck up bro no this is great dude <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a good time man i really enjoyed getting to know you better and See? um yeah that fucking dude that fucking story was crazy i'm gonna be thinking about that uh I, well i mean I'm, i i enjoyed being able to to converse with you and uh talk about it again like i said man i feel like i made it the joe stark you know, <laughs> yeah. interview <laughs> uh discussion is is legendary man like i'm 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 honored you know i like i said i'm retiring like that's it oh, that's funny <laughs> <laughs> well dude no no i was i was very happy to have you on and and it's super cool that uh you stayed up late to to chat with me and everything and Though you say you're retiring, you should still probably plug your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, if no one has heard, uh, which count, looking at the SoundCloud numbers, no one has listened to, but uh, the podcast no one cares about. Um, there are old episodes up there. I still pay the 15 bucks a month <laughs> for SoundCloud to host it. Um, and, uh, more importantly, I think, uh, every podcast on the uh, left of army podcast, I think is awesome. Uh, but the one that I'm on, uh, his and her perspective, if not for me, for the wonderful ladies and, and the guests that we have, uh, Rebecca Darling, uh, Brooke da Daughtry. Is it Daughtry, right? Doherty. Doherty. Brooke Doherty. I just, she would say Brooke. she pronounces it Doherty. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Brooke, don't kill me. But yeah, if if not, if if for anything for their perspective, because they're way smarter than I could ever be, um, and they're wonderful to listen to. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And again, uh, Joe, thank you for having me on. I, again, nothing but an honor. Oh, dude, it was great. An honor was all mine. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been StartCast. Take care. 
If you have any questions or comments on what you just heard, you can email me at startcastpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja, or you can check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash startcastpod. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I'd like to take a moment to ask you all a big favor. If you enjoy listening to Startcast, please log on to iTunes and leave me a review. It uh, really helps with visibility for the show, and um, I would super appreciate it. If you're not a fan and you want to be honest and tell me how much my show sucks, go ahead and leave me a run of those too. <laughs>